What's up? Welcome to PS I Love You XOXO episode 74. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Gameonesis, aka Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? Janet, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a little bit hungry, which we just talked about like two seconds ago <laughs> off camera, but uh, pretty good otherwise. Reaching the end of E3, which is going to be nice. Yeah. First of all, I got to compliment the blazer. The white blazer is really fresh with the PlayStation Thank you. Logo PlayStation shirt. 5. Also, fresh. I have. The official, very unofficial, because I bought it at my local grocery store, PS I Love You mug. Oh, my God. on it. That's perfect. Yeah, this is the extent of my preparedness, though. So it's all on the front end. No idea what the show's about. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I oh, do like well. that you did uh, cosplay as a PS5 today. That is really good. But you also decided to stunt on the rest of E3 <laughs> and all the, present, uh, the presentations and all that stuff. You're looking fire today, Janet. Looking nice. mad fire. Speaking of E3, Janet, how's your E3 going? It's going pretty good. You know, a lot of jumping around, doing different stuff with different people on different channels. My channel, Min Max here. Uh, and that's been uh, fun because part of what I miss about E3 is, you know, seeing everybody and having like the full fledged experience. This is like a nice way to do that in the digital space. How's yours been? Exactly. It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I, I It's been one, my first E3 with kind of funny. And so I've, I've gotten to actually do the thing where I'm reacting to everything live over the course of the week. And it's been not only really fun, but also really tiring. <laughs> And yep. so, like, by the end of the days, I've been getting very exhausted. Today, though, I'm doing pretty good because there was that break uh, in between the E3 Indie Showcase and the Capcom Showcase. So I got to take a break uh, while I built PS I Love You, the doc. And I'm very excited for this this one because we have a, a really big show. You have a really good show. Uh, uh, here's, a, here's a quick tease. We have two topic of the shows for you. That's usually, that's usually not a thing we do. But you have two of them this time around. Uh, Janet, do you have a favorite E3 Showcase so far? Uh, well, for officially three for officially three, definitely Xbox, which is mm. I mean, they're the biggest ones, so they should be the best one. Um, so, yeah, Xbox, I think it's really hard to find too much to complain about with that showcase. Like I'd give it around a seven or an eight. Like I think other than I don't know, maybe like, Halo release date would have been amazing, like a hard release date and like maybe one or two other surprises. But I was genuinely surprised by a lot of the stuff they showed. Um, they had a cool like a couple indie things like I thought it was just a really a really solid presentation. Um, but also a shout out to Wholesome Games because I really liked mm. the indie stuff that has come out of like the E3 era that you know may not be on the E3 schedule calendar, but but going on around then. What about yours? Mine would have to be Xbox. Yeah, I think Xbox had a phenomenal showcase. Oh my I god, really, on a really PlayStation podcast. Yeah, hey, it is what it is. You I literally said the <laughs> during uh, the Gamescast episodes, which people can catch on youtubecom slash games and on podcast services around the globe. We went through all of the E3 showcases so far and gave our grades. And I gave Xbox an A plus. I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, but I do want to know from you though: Do you have a favorite game announcement or a favorite game showing? Ooh. Um... Oh, geez, it's tough to say. The first thing that comes to mind, I don't, this is not my favorite, but it's the first thing I thought of was just 12 minutes getting a release date. I've been looking forward to that oh, game yeah. for such a long time. And with Annapurna having their presentation, um, I think either a few weeks from now or like in July, I wasn't sure if we'd get any like significant details about the games that are under their umbrella. So I just was, was really surprised and excited to see that. Um, and then, like, I don't know, shout out to Outer, Outer Worlds 2, just because that was also very yep. unexpected. 
Um, and now I have to go back and finish the first one. I'm excited for the new um, like coat of backlog that was added through all of these where I'm like, okay, time to go and like finally dig into Slime Rancher, finally dig into Outer Worlds. Yep. Um, I, went, I went ahead and ordered Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle just because Mar- the, the new one was announced and everybody was like, oh yeah, you got to check that out. Like it's a really good game. And so oh, I love that. To, game. Yeah, that, that was out. definitely like a highlight too. Yeah, yeah. Outer Worlds two for me was a was a big one. I keep forgetting that they announced that, and every time I think about it, I'm like, "Yo, let's fucking go!" Because I was, I had a half of mind to think that one, they wouldn't want to announce it anytime soon because they're working on Grounded and they're working on Avowed. But then two, I could have easily seen Microsoft maybe going to to uh, Obsidian and be and be like, "Hey, there's not really a new Fallout game on the horizon, so could you guys do you guys want to work on a Fallout or a Fallout New Vegas two or something along those lines?" To see them sticking with the Outer Worlds, I think is such a cool thing, and I'm super excited to see uh, what they bring with that. Janet, while you're here though, we got to mention a thing uh, because of course last time you're on you're on PS I Love You XOXO, I challenged you to a trophy race. Yes. I believe the rules were first to three trophies for new games that had released since we did that episode platinum and we trophies do have an update specific. platinum trophies yes platinum trophies and we do have an update on that yeah, uh yeah. janet i've i've obtained three platinum trophies you have obtained the three i only obtained one which is so sad i really wanted to at least have two you know make it on paper competitive but like i i mean i got my excuses ready to go but i want to hear your story of how you got to where you are today in yeah. platinums not anything else. i think i got all three literally within a week i think it was last week that i got all of them uh yeah, it was a struggle. It was a struggle because I started off with Returnal, hoping that I could get the platinum in that game. And halfway through my platinum run, like after actually beating the game and trying to to play more to get that platinum, that that game just defeated me. I was like, no, I can't do this. The randomization is throwing it for a whack. I can't. I, I do not have the patience to wait for certain rooms to spawn so I could get the exact codex that I want to add back into the collection. And so I, I started on that one, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And then Mass Effect One was another one that I wanted to go to, even though. I talked to you later and apparently that was against the rules because part of the rules were that uh, we couldn't do a remaster. But, you know, I started I started with Mass Effect 1 as well. And then partway through a thing happened that cut that trophy run short. I would have to basically restart that game if I wanted to get the platinum trophy. And so I gave up on that one. But I ended up playing through Operation Tango, which is a PS Plus game for this month, which is a co-op game. Absolutely love that game. Played it twice for the platinum, uh, which I think is the same platinum that you got. Yep. Yeah, I remember. like it was one of the few times i've you know i think pe- <laughs> people sometimes say that i'm like you know very critical which is somewhat true but it was the first time i was really playing with hate in my heart and the hate was specifically for you <laughs> i was like i was playing and i'm like oh yeah like the devs came into i, you, I saw you streaming the game too and like mm-hmm. uh, shout to like that dev team because the community manager was like in all the twitch streams that friday like they were in my twitch stream like later we streamed on my boyfriend's channel they were there they were in some other person's twitch stream that we rated i was like you are awesome. here putting in the work on a Friday, like they're just going hard on that. So they mentioned like, oh yeah, it's a pretty like achievable platinum. And I looked at the list and I'm like, okay, we can do this. Like, you know, so I was just like mm. playing and I'm like, ah, take that. Like, it, was like, it, was like, it was like a weird battle against you for the platinum, but that, that was a pretty enjoyable one. Um, and I had a fun time playing through it. Yeah. And so I got that one. And then I got uh, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Shout out to that game. That is a game that showed up, I believe at some indie showcase. I think it might've been Nintendo. Um, yeah. That's that's one that has a cool style to it, cool soundtrack. And the Platinum, fairly easy, except for one trophy that you kind of have to have some skill for. But that was an easy Platinum. Uh, and I didn't play it because it was an easy Platinum. I did indeed play it because I was looking forward to it. Um, but I got that one, and then I also got the one for... Crap, what was my third one? What was Crashing my third one? 
Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Which yeah. I knew I was. I so the problem that I ran into was, and then we did like we hadn't discussed this in the front end, but it didn't end up being that relevant. But I was like, oh blessing, should we be telling each other when we're getting like these platinums? Because or else it's like, you know, I feel like that's part of how it changes your cadence of play if you know what the mm-hmm. other person's doing. So you were like, okay, yeah, I got my Operation Tango one, and I'm like, okay, I, I just got the same one, and I knew about the Arrow Knights thing. And what made that one rough is like at any time you would basically instantly get that platinum because you were just waiting for like the trophy bug thing or just to finish the last mm-hmm. um the last thing you had to do. So it was like you had that one in reserve. So like once I lost that and then I I started playing Ratchet and Clank when it came out on Friday because like my code came in the night before and I was like, all right, like uh, the game's like 15, you know, I don't know, 12, 15 hours and the platinum's like eh, 18 plus depending on your your cadence and stuff. And I was playing it. And I looked at your they have the compare trophies feature. So I was like, oh, man, he's at 78. I don't know, like maybe he's like tired or something or like he's way ahead. So maybe he'll like sleep on this. And I'm like, I know. It was just so salty because I'm like, I know I can channel problematic levels of gaming because I used mm-hmm. to do guides and that's a lot of game at a lot of time. So I'm like, I can, I know if I had like the right parameters, I could make it happen. But I mean, at the end of the day, we had the same trajectory of time. So, uh, yeah. I, you know, I will, I will, you know, bitch a little bit about the, you had Ratchet before me. So obviously you're going to get that of trophy, course, that platinum course. before me. But, you know, I can't whine too much because the I really should have just game. gone for the resident. I should have gone the for the resident the evil platinum. Don't I hate should the have gone for the Resident Evil Platinum, but I took like that game came out and then I took a week off and like I try to keep it really real on my weeks off. Like I'm not trying to do stuff that I would do on a normal week. So then I didn't mm. do it. And then I was like, man, that mercenaries thing, they want S rank. I'm really more of like a like a like a B or A rank player. And then, mm. you know, and then you just start to kind of run out of time too. But I was definitely eyeing a couple indies and trying to see what I wanted to do. And then I'm like, do I want to go after Earl Knight? And I'm like, nah, I don't want to be like a, like a platinum swagger jacker. So I'm Janet, like, I, can't I don't mean, do I don't mean to just jump in as you're talking, but this, this sounds like a lot of excuses right now. This sounds like a well, lot 100%. of like, okay, I came prepared okay. with my reasons for why I'm <laughs> taking this L. I can't just show up and be like, and now part of it was what I did like about this though, is we're both like the same kind of lazy and disinterested. So I'm like, mm. You know, neither of us was really trying that hard, right? Like, let's be real. But you, oh, you still wanted to win. That's the thing. So I was oh, like, yeah. ah. I'm oh, like, yeah. It's totally my fault. But like, it's I'm still gonna complain. Like the kid, you know, the kid who gets the um the F, and I'm like, can you please grade this? And you're like, no, you turned it in late. I'm like, yeah, but please. Like that's where I'm at right now in my mm-hmm. headspace with this race. Well, but Janet, GGS, I'm gonna shake yes. your hand virtually. It was it was well. Where are you? I never know which way you are. No, I'm just going forward. I'm just going at the camera. Okay. I'm just going at the camera. And so, GGs. I'm sure we'll have some type of challenge again in the future. Yes. I, this was this was a fun time. I enjoyed doing this. Still, it, it did it didn't it didn't convert me into the trophy hunter that I thought it was going to. But See, it was a fairly good time. It. I kind of got into it. Even though I even though I lost, which maybe like I didn't go hard enough to feel the pain of trophy hunting. But during this time too, I was working on that overcooked all you can eat platinum, which was not associated with this race. Um, but I got that, and I was so excited, and like it was my first ever platinum in my life, and I like. I like tasted the like what it meant to be the kind of sick person who loved platinum. <laughs> did it did hit different? I was like, mm. yeah, look at me. Like I got into it. And we have like a we have a uh, little platinum or trophy chalice thing in my house. It's just a it's just a mug basically. So it's like okay, when we get platinums, we drink out of this mug. So like I poured a beer into that mug. I took some photos by the TV. Like I was into it. So I don't know. I think this did awaken something within me that I, I'm gonna regret. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Janet, 
we got to talk about E3 because, of course, E3 week has been uh, going along. Remember, this is PS I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Each and every week, we join you to talk about the biggest topics in PlayStation. If you like that, you can watch it live right here as we record on Patreon.com slash Games. except for today where we are recording on Twitch.tv slash Games, or you can watch it on Tuesday when it posts for everyone on YouTube.com slash Games and on podcast services around the globe. And today, it'll be later keep- today uh, instead of Tuesday, so just ahead. Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, housekeeping for you. The E3 train is still rolling. You can catch all of our live reactions already done over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And speaking of, don't miss out on the Tuesday E3 shenanigans because we're, of course, reacting to that Nintendo Direct and the Bandai Namco Showcase. So get hyped for that. And I believe Janet Garcia herself will be joining us for the Nintendo yeah. Direct presentation. Yeah, so get hyped for that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Donovan Harkness, Omega-3, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, and Elliot. Today we're brought to you by Honey, FitBot, and Canva, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, topic of the show. So like I said before, we have two topics of the show. We're going to start with E3, colon, the PlayStation Perspective. Because as we know, PlayStation's absent during E3. They've been absent during the last few E3s. Uh, I want to talk about what this E3 during this weekend has been and how that pertains to PlayStation. I'm going to start off with the question, does PlayStation have it right by not showing up at E3? I'm pulling a question from the nanobiologist who writes in about this exact thing. Nanobiologist writes in to say this, does PlayStation have it right with not being at E3? They have games. They've proven that time and time again, uh, and And when we feel like we have a drought from them, they have a state of play to calm us down. Everyone is exhausted already, and we still have one more day. Games get drowned out by all the noise at E3, and as evident with Halo and Jeff Grubb's comments, it's putting more stress on developers even if they have big teams. So, does E3 have it right by taking that stress away from their devs and believing in them to announce stuff when their games are ready to be announced slash fully shown off? Janet, do you feel like PlayStation continuing to to step out from E3 and do things in their own streams. Do you think that continues to be the right decision for for uh, PlayStation? I think so. I feel like the thing is E3 still does have cachet as much as we want to talk about it's dying, it's not as good as it used to be. The E3 portal this year was bad cuz it was um you know that it's expensive cuz it's obscenely expensive to be part of E3. Like I think you know, financially and, you know, visibility-wise, is it the biggest L for them? I'm going to say no, because at the end of the day, they're still PlayStation. But there is there is a magic in the E3 season and being a part of, you know, quote-unquote E3 proper that you just can't really replicate anywhere else. And I think, you know, while it's true, it does bring additional stress to developers, and it's not that I'm, you know, pro-stressing out teams, but it sort of reminds me of what makes sports amazing and interesting and exciting, which is you have... A moment of where you you truly are on stage where this is you it's often you know e3 presentations are often live sometimes pre-recorded but usually live like this is the big show this is the playoffs this is the champion like it means something and i think that weight you know it brings out the best in everyone involved like from content creators like all of us here you know on a normal uh, you know month we're not going to stream this much we're not going to make this many podcasts like everyone's out here bringing it developers and publishers are bringing it like this is the time and i think what E3 does nicely as well is it sort of, which maybe PlayStation likes not having this, but it kind of creates like the um, the curve for that company's year, I think. Like if your E3 wasn't 
a smash hit like we can't like what what are you going to announce after this that's going to really impress anybody like you probably would have mm-hmm. done that at e3 so you know while there are benefits to not having being part of that pressure and having to pay um i think there's just something about e3 that you just can't replicate and i really hope to see this playstation return though i do think you know to low-key get ahead of ourselves here i do think that e3 kind of like misses playstation more than playstation misses e3 but yeah i think it would be awesome for them to come back and i think everyone would be really excited to see that um, from both the PlayStation fan side and the E3 fan side. Yeah, I think there's something nice about E3 that publishers and companies take notice of because we did have last year E3 get canceled and not happen and companies have to find their own footing and have their own presentations. And I think, you know, some some did it well, some didn't do it well. You see, you saw the birth of Ubisoft Forward and how that's been a good thing for them. And you've seen you've seen other efforts in terms of how are we going to make a presentation uh, 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 by our by ourselves without being connected to an E3? I think this week there's a reason why you're seeing a lot of companies kind of reconnect themselves to E3 because there is something that's nice about having this one week where all eyes are on it and that might boost your presentation. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about uh, uh, things like Ubisoft Forward, right? Things like uh, uh, Bandai Namco or Capcom. When we get into the conversation of PlayStation, I think that does become less of a of an enticing thing because PlayStation is PlayStation, right? People are gonna show up for that whenever. I think it's similar to Nintendo, even though Nintendo is having a Direct this week. I don't think Nintendo has to have a Direct this week. I think they think it's nice to have a Direct this week because it's E3 and because, hey, might as well, you know, might as well shed light for what the rest of this year might look like for Nintendo. But I do think there is that, I think you know it well, where it is the fact that PlayStation needs E3 way less than E3 might need a PlayStation. And so for PlayStation, I think it becomes the question of what, like, what is your win? With, with showing up for E3. What is your enticement for showing up to E3? The thing I'll bring up is the question of, is it dangerous to have Xbox have this ground uncontested? I think this might be the big question because mm-hmm. Xbox yesterday had a fantastic conference amongst a bunch of different showcases. Uh, Xbox coming out right after Summer Games Fest kickoff, after uh, Ubisoft, after a bunch of different stuff, them coming out and having the biggest announcements of E3 I think does set the tone and does allow them to kind of fill in the rest of the year in a way that feels so confident, uh, especially when you have Phil Spencer toward the end of that Xbox showcase being like, hey, this is what Xbox is. Hey, this is our this is our mission statement. This is our argument. You can look forward to monthly games coming out on Game Pass for the rest of the year. You can look you can look forward to big first party games coming out on Game Pass quarterly. You can look forward to the to the slate of games that, we, that we've presented, not only for the rest of this year, but for next year. I do think there's there's a conversation there to be had as far as is that a dangerous thing? Because place for what E3 used to be, E3 used to be cool. Xbox goes first. We're going to have Nintendo on Tuesday, but in that Monday slot, you got PlayStation and I for quite a stretch there of years, PlayStations were the one that were usually knocking it out of out of the park and making us forget about Xbox by the time those presentations come around. Now Xbox has all the room to breathe and Xbox is having better presentations than they've ever had before. Uh, Jana, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that is dangerous. I think you're only number one until you're not. And I feel like people forget that, yes, PlayStation has been in the lead. And if I had to bet money on it, I probably still would pick them just because of what they have so much going for them, I think, at this point. But Mm -hmm. again, you're only winning until you're not. And, you know... Xbox doesn't really have anything to lose in that sense, right? Like, because, and again, the, the Nintendo competition, it is it is part of there, but it's like such a different game that it's not really worth comparing, you know, the Series X to the Nintendo Switch as much. 
Um, but Xbox is really just here putting it all on the table. What's good? Are you going to lose to Sony more? No, you're not. So just put it all out there and you might, you know, get a foothold there. And they're doing so many, I think, uh, for lack of a better term or a nicer term, aggressive moves to say, here's who we are. Here's what we're putting out. And we're kind of seeing that on both Xbox and PlayStation. I don't know if it's just me or maybe it's just because, you know, I've only been in the industry for maybe like five or so years. It's my first like fresh generation. But I feel like every few days, like they're like putting out these big presentations that are like blog forum roadmaps to like their philosophy in the next few years. And like PlayStation the other day had that thing where they were just like, it's VR day now. And they're just going to put out a bunch of blog posts about VR. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's already a lot of competition in, hey, let me tell you what I'm doing and let me make it seem appealing and let me sell this to you. So, yeah, I think there is a danger in forgetting about playstation i mean we're only talking about playstation today because you know it's a playstation podcast and the, we're talking about it in the context of what did we want to see what did we miss what did we lose out on and i mean certainly some of the things that are on one stage are on that one stage because that's the acquisition or what the deal was um or maybe they appear on both so without having that counterpart it does leave a big gap and it does make it an easier answer for oh what was the best presentation it's xbox you know and there's not gonna you can't answer sony because you don't have a presentation so there's no way for you to be part of that conversation and i think that's definitely dangerous especially when you start to see um the conversation around xbox also sort of nudge out playstation in the sense of what things they do maybe better um i've been thinking a lot about you know phil spencer's comment earlier this week about uh their approach with pc and how like oh we we have things just ready we don't port it over and make you pay twice for it the years later and then it, it hit me so hard because i'm like damn i never really thought about it as such a negative but when you frame it that way like it really does sit with me um and the more and more xbox steps into the spotlight and playstation is resting on its laurels um you're only resting on those until you know eventually you don't have them anymore so i think it's definitely dangerous yeah and i think there's something to be said too about how xbox went uh what about filling in what the rest of this year looks like in the in the immediate future for them looks like i saw, I saw somebody in chat mentioning you know why does why do people think xbox had such a great showcase and for me the thing that made their showcase great was the fact that it made me look at their immediate future and their far future and be and, and be like cool I think Xbox is set in terms of where they're at with games right now, right? Like you look at the you look at Xbox Game Pass and the stuff that they have releasing day one on Xbox Game Pass, and you're looking at things like for the, for just this year, you're looking at Psychonauts two, you're looking at Age of Empires, you're looking at Forza Horizon five, Halo Infinite, Back for Blood, The Ascent, uh, Sable, The Gunk, and they've and that's only that's only like half of the ones they have in the graphic alone that they tweeted out. That is painting a picture of hey, no, we got games here. You, we got an active fall here that alongside the third party games that you are going to buy because they aren't on xbox game pass they're leading the they're leading into this fall with confidence uh with the confidence of what their fall looks like and when you talk about the xbox game pass stuff they have coming up in the future right you're talking about the outer worlds too you're talking about contraband you're talking about starfield you're talking about redfall some of those have dates for next year as well right redfall uh, uh and starfield are dated for next year in a way that I think is giving Microsoft the I think the confidence and the faith needed from their audience that the future looks bright for the platform. Over on the PlayStation side, of course, PlayStation fans I think also feel confident of PlayStation's yeah. future. There's nothing for us I think that's that's made us go, oh, we're fucked or oh, where are the games? But I think there is that thing of for this fall, I'm looking forward to uh possibly Horizon Forbidden West if it makes it, which there's a large chance that it very well might not. I'm looking yep. forward to Kena Bridge of Spirits and I'm looking forward to Deathloop and then some third party stuff. I feel like there is a lot uh there's a there's a lot of ground to make for PlayStation in terms of 
building out a library that feels like it has multiple multiple tiers of hey here's your big playstation first party games that you're hyped for here's stuff that we're going to associate with playstation in some way or form xbox has xbox game pass to do that and stuff coming to xbox game pass day one to do that playstation does have things like playstation indies which is why i shout out things like kena bridge, bridge of spirits or things like uh solar ash but you know, Janet, for you, I guess I'd ask the question, where are you at in terms of the immediate future for, future for PlayStation? Like, do you feel like you have the confidence in terms of the games that are uh, there, both from first party in terms of stuff that we know are on the horizon, like your God of War, Ragnaroks, and your Horizons, and everything else? Yeah, I have confidence because, like, it's it's here now, right? Like, this whole, really this whole year, I've honestly been leaning really heavy onto PlayStation. Um, like, you know, things like even Operation Tango with that being on um, PlayStation Plus, like immediately, I'm like, okay, I'm playing that. Like everything I'm playing, I'm sort of defaulting to PlayStation lately because I'm already spending so much time there that it's like, okay, let's just tab over and keep it rocking with that. Um, Ratchet and Clank just came out. That's huge. That's a big deal. It's one of the, you know, next gen experiences on PlayStation 5, you know, following up Returnal from not that long ago. So a lot of times when I am playing like the the new hot game that's coming out it is on playstation but i think to kind of you know reiterate or touch on the idea of people saying what was so great about xbox's conference i think what was great about it is it had a little bit of all the points that i look for when i'm looking at these conferences you know we all like judge them differently and we all have different tastes and sensibilities too but for me it's like okay we got some updates on games i knew about we got some games i already knew about getting release dates and i think the thing for on the xbox side of things is the number one criticism of xbox is there aren't any exclusives and with stuff like starfield even though we don't know like if that game's gonna be good we didn't really see a lot about it that is it's hope right it's an idea and that's the thing too where it's like on place mm. the playstation side it's like we can chill because we know horizons down the line we know god of war and those are such familiar ips that have had strong games right before this game that we can trust that that's going to come out and be fire starfield it's a little bit more you know we don't really have as much confidence, I think, with that. But it's like, okay, if Xbox can get a few of those wins and establish a few of those IPs, what makes them worse than Sony? Not much. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing. Maybe they, you know, that, and that is that is the big uh, potential turn because they are making those acquisitions and and having an answer for that question of what will I play on Xbox. Um, and I felt like the showcase answered a lot of that question for me. And the Game Pass thing was just, I mean, incredible, especially in the era of everyone being super freaked out about the $70 games price point. It's like, well, if I'm already paying for Game Pass, I can have all these games already. Like, I'm not going to worry about doing the extra effort to get them on my PlayStation if I can play them um, on my Xbox at like a $10 or $15 a month price point. Um, not Let alone if you if you learn how to just unsubscribe and resubscribe, you're going to be saving a lot of money <laughs> by going on to the Xbox side of things. Um, and I think that's what, you know, really did it for me. That and, you know, like kind of what we mentioned before, the surprises. So like, definitely from the PlayStation side of things, I want to have that same experience. I think I have a lot of confidence in uh, what they have in terms of their, you know, Hallmark IPs. Like, I think those are really set and solid, but I want a few more things to be delighted by on the PlayStation side that I wasn't expecting. Like, things to look forward to that I don't even know exist yet, I think is what's yeah. most exciting about these presentations and E3 in general. Coming off of that conversation, I do want to ask the question, does PlayStation do anything this summer? Uh, I'm bringing in two two write-ins from both Chris Hutchins and, <clears throat> and Kebabs, who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, uh, starting with Chris, Chris writes in and says, I am not surprised PlayStation is not doing anything this week. They don't like to share. Why would they want to share the, share the news cycle with everyone else? I fully expect a state of play in the next week or two so that they can be the only one in the spotlight. Following that, Kebabs writes in and say, I only think this E3 is a loss of Sony if they don't have a large 
large E3-style presentation later in the year. Sony previously ha has had the opposite issue in the past by having E3, Paris Games Week, and PSX. But I think if they can just do a state of play, uh, PSX conference in December, th that, is, that is on the same level of E3, then skipping out this year is not a problem at all. Janet, where are you at in terms of when we do see PlayStation? Because, I, of course... PlayStation does have state of plays. PlayStation has had big events. Last year, we got, uh, outside of state of plays, we got, during June, the big PlayStation 5 uh, reveal event, and then we got a follow-up one in the fall. What do you think the plan is here? Do you think we're going to see PlayStation maybe later in the summer? We will see it later in the summer, because I feel like they have, they lightly alluded to that with Horizon, didn't they? It wasn't like a, was it a few weeks, a few months? Did they, I forgot what they said for when we'd see Horizon They also again, alluded, that to was alluded to it uh, during the Death Stranding, uh, Kojima alluded to like a, yeah, a, a, you're a right. That's a good kind point. of thing for the director's cut. Yeah, so I'm mm. thinking like combining that with, uh, you know, the Death Stranding thing you just brought up, that it would be in a few weeks and it would have the Stranding and it would have Horizon. I'm, my big question with Horizon is when will we, which no one can really answer this because it's all speculative, but when will they know whether or not they can hit that holiday window? Because they mentioned the blog post casually, like, oh, it's, it's probably holiday, but we don't really know. But I think based on that, we'd see, like, something in a few weeks with those two games, probably a few extra things. Um, and I think as far as making it, like, E3 level, it's about, like, what they couch it as. Because usually with these, like, state of plays, they have, like, some form of a theme with them, or even with the PlayStation 5 reveal, we knew that was the PlayStation 5 thing. Okay, cool, this is what we're ready for. Um, I don't know what they would call it to nod to the fact that's a big deal, but yeah, I think if they have an E3-level presentation, you can totally have that outside of E3 and have that still be this amazing thing. If they really show us like what holiday looks like and it's incredible, then they can just totally overtake this year. Yeah, and I think PlayStation has a lot to talk about. Of course, the second half of this show is going to be us building our own PlayStation E3 conference, and there's so much that we have written on this doc, and I'm like, yeah, there's a lot PlayStation could talk about, not just things we already know about, like Horizon, like God of War, Ragnarok, but like what other studios are doing, what part, what the uh, the, the partners, partnered studios they have are doing, what studios like uh, the Concrete Genie studio is doing, or what's going on with VR. They have a lot, uh, a lot, a lot to talk about, and I think there's something powerful about being able to have a big presentation to shed light on what is the rest of this year and next year going to look like because if you remember god of War ragnarok was slated for uh 2021 right like horizon forbidden west is slated for 2021 gran turismo was slated actually I don't, i'm not positive on that one maybe that's a, that, maybe that's a you're wrong but they had a so so much of what they have announced was slated for 2021 which begs the question what did 2022 look like what does 2022 looks like what does beyond that look like uh tim tim always talks about how uh he believes there's always it's always good to have those games that are those big tentpole games that we look forward to that are far flung in the future that you know feel feel like they're forever away but they're the, they are those shining beacons of games that you know you're going to get one day and they're going to be hype as hell and playstation I think has that a bit with God of War Ragnarok because, of course, that's a game that I know every every PlayStation fan is probably looking forward to. Um, but I, I I think there's room to maybe announce a couple of those this year, right? Because the PlayStation Five logo. goes way beyond. If you yeah, with a vague, any, vague logo. If, if you could see any vague logo reveal, what logo are you seeing? Oh, I like this question. I like this question. Honestly, I was gonna say I was gonna say Last of Us Factions. Ooh. But I I want way more than I want way more than a vague logo. I want yeah. gameplay for that. <sighs> I'll take Last of Us three vague logo because they, there was that uh, story mm. that I know IGN picked it up, but I forgot it came from like a podcast and I can't remember what podcast was talking to them about it. Where they're like, oh, we have like 
a story drafted, but like, who knows if this is going to like become anything. And I'm like, give, give it to me. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean, don't finish it. Just give it to me now. So I think that I got, would be at least a big deal. I got a few that come to mind. I want a Naughty Dog new IP vague logo. Yeah. Just like give me a name and the Naughty Dog logo. And that's all I need to go off, off of. Uh, give me that. Spider-Man 2. Give me a logo that represents what that game is going to be, right? Like imagine half the, half the logo is Peter Parker. The other half is Miles Morales in terms of like the energy of those those suits. I think there's something cool you could do there that would get people hyped just off seeing uh, a logo. And so I think that that's another one. Um, you know, Dream, Metal Gear Solid, something Metal Gear Solid related that is a logo for that. You know, those are things that I would imagine are not imminent and so i would understand i would understand when those not being ready to go anytime soon but then i think putting those out there would be enough to build hype and make people go fuck this is the greatest greatest place to play fuck i am looking forward to this and they, they are those unicorn games uh as tim gettys calls it yeah chat mentioning bloodborne 2 i think is a pretty easy like oh, exciting yeah. logo reveal like what's nice i feel like logo reveals it has to be within Two extremes would be the ideal. One extreme being we really know this IP and like it, like in a Spider-Man case. And the other one is like, we don't know what this is at all, but it it looks cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just a logo, so it's kind of weird. But yeah, like, like I, a Naughty Dog thing, new IP would be dope. And I know people oftentimes hate the logo reveals. And I think I'm with that for the most part, but I do think there are games that make it fine. And usually those are the games where it's like, I believe this is actually going to come out. I believe God of War Ragnarok is going to come out someday. That's a game that, that I did not expect yeah. to get to get canceled. Spider-Man 2, I believe that's going to come out uh, uh, someday, right? A new Naughty Dog game, I believe that's going to come out someday. And maybe doing a new IP with a logo reveal might get a little bit more messy because things always iterate and new IPs don't always come to fruition. And so that's, that gets a little bit iffy. But logo reveals for like the big unicorn games that I, I know it's going to exist one day. I, I think that inspires confidence. I think for me, that's the thing where I'm like, cool, I love this level of transparency and I love that I know what my favorite studio is working on next because that gives me something to look forward to. I think too, like it's about how you place it. Like the logo reel can be whack if it's just the logo and like the whole, if the show, whole showcase sucks and then you're like, here, I, another game, but it's just the logo that is a lot weaker. But when you have like something really strong and then you throw in like a vague thing, it just kind of tops off the excitement it's it's the chair it's the it's the presentation equivalent of a cherry on top of the sunday you don't really mm. need it it's not really doing anything but it just it's it's about the pageantry of it and i think that would be really cool janet i think it's yes. time to build our own playstation uh show but before we do let us tell you about our sponsors this show is brought to you by honey we all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field on us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online that range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down. And all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Kind of funny, loves Honey. Tim Geddes tells you all the time to click that dang Honey button. It saved him and many of us here at Kind of Funny plenty of money when we use Honey. Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out 
on free savings. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something we don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. We're also brought to you by FitBod. Getting caught up in the same workout routine can get tiring. Don't get stuck doing the same workouts. Making progress towards the future you means overcoming new challenges. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjusts to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. No workout is one size fits all. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts to you, so you stay challenged with new exercises, pacing, and intensity based on where you are and where you want to be. Kind of funny knows FitBod well. Gia and Tim's friend Danny uses it religiously. FitBod understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone. FitBod creates a program based on your unique body, experience, and environment. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your last workout to maximize your results. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBod workouts are balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercises to keep you sharp. No equipment? No worries. FitBod has bodyweight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBot is super easy to use and even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBod is only $9.99 a month. That's $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBot today and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash kfgames. That's 25% off at fitbod.me slash kfgames. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Canva. Listen, design, it's hard. I'm talking about art design. Even making thumbnails in Photoshop can be hard for me sometimes, but that's why I'm excited to tell you about Canva. Kind of funny loves Canva. Tim Geddes himself says that it's super dope and easy to use. Makes all different kind of design stuff. You just pick the styles you like and it does all the work. Super helpful for creators. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or you're just getting started, Canva Pro can help you boost you and your team's productivity and creativity. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. One of my favorite Canva features is how you can stay on brand. Preset your brand's fonts, colors, and logo for a unified look across all designs. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. Whether you're like me struggling to make video thumbnails, or you're an entrepreneur, or even a crafty mom, design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash KF games to get your free 45 day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash KF games. Canva dot me slash KF games. And we're back and it's time to talk about PlayStation's E3 2021 conference, at least what it should have been. Because Jan, I have a write in here from AJ Shank who says throughout the conferences and showcases, one thought has constantly come to, uh, to mind for me. 
I wish PlayStation were here doing something. Well, AJ, we got you because me and Janet, we're doing a fusion dance. We're doing a, a Dragon Ball Z fusion dance. Which I don't know, both... again, which way are you? <laughs> uh, we're both combining you're right, forces. maybe, I think, Janet? Yeah, like, yeah, do, like yeah, yeah, just yeah, choose yeah. a side. Go, Is that go, good? Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Boom. Perfect. We're one being, we're one mind now. We're here, to, we're here to organize what PlayStation's E3 press conference looks like for this year. Janet, I, I got this organized by three categories. All right. Number one, the givens, the things that we know for sure would be at PlayStation's E3 press conference that did show up over the weekend uh, that didn't get to be because e uh, PlayStation weren't there. Number two, stuff we saw elsewhere that could have showed up at PlayStation. And then three, what we would have liked to have seen and that is really that's that's very much our hopes and dreams for a playstation press conference and so starting with number one the givens we're going to start off with death stranding coming to the ps5 uh of course this showed up at Keeley's thing. I'm going to pull from Andrew Webster at The Verge, who writes about Death Stranding getting a director's cut on PlayStation 5. Hideo Kojima stopped by this year's Summer Games Fest to announce a surprise. Death Stranding not only coming to PS5, but it'll be an enhanced director's cut of the game. Unfortunately, there's no real detail about the new version, but an early glimpse hinted at some additional stealth elements, similar to Kojima's work on, on Metal Gear Solid franchise. Players can likely expect visual and performance upgrades as well. The director's cut is slated as coming soon with a proper reveal in the coming weeks. Janet, uh, first of all, where are you at with Death, Death Stranding? Did you like Death Stranding when it originally came out? Second of all, I what does the enhanced version or the uh, director's cut do for you? I actually still have not played it. I know, it's wow. crazy. But at the time, I think Luigi's Mansion 3 was out and I was doing that and working on the guide for that. And I was like, oh, I guess we don't need help with the Death Stranding guide. And I just did that and found all the gems. That's what I was doing during the time. And then... After it came out, it was in it was so hot and cold for people that I was really intrigued, but I just wasn't able to make the time for it. I also totally forgot to I have the Death Stranding baby statue thing in my house because my boyfriend loves like I don't know, play all things PlayStation. So he has that and he liked Death Stranding. So I, I live with that thing. Um so I'd like to play it so that this baby has more meaning to me. But also like my thing was when the PS5 came out, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait because I have Death Stranding, I just haven't played it. And I'm going to play it when an enhanced version comes out, if an enhanced version comes out. So this is mm -hmm. what I've been waiting for with the caveat of I don't really know what kind of enhancements they're doing. Like, I don't know if it's going to be something like Slow World, like what we're seeing with Last of Us 2, where they just did that big upgrade, but they still don't have like, what I'm looking for is DualSense stuff. If I'm not, if that thing's oh, not like yeah. vibrating every two seconds, what did I pay for? Why am I spending my time doing this? It's, it's 2021. Like, I don't if need. If I can use the adaptive to triggers to like feel out my balance and oh, all yeah. that stuff, then what right? did you do it's this so, for? It seems like you know because I do obviously know a lot about the game, having just been in the space, and like it seems like such a good fit to just sort of enhance the wonkiness of it already, um, and like the rain and everything. Like I think there's so many fun uses of that that I'm really banking on that. If they have dual sense integration, I'm absolutely going to be all in on this. So I thought this was really cool because it. I, I really like when they're incentivizing you to play stuff that you could play, but why would you in this era? Because it's not like it's new. Um, especially because, you know, like people are always saying, like and even in this Verge write-up, like, no shade, but whenever people say coming to PS5, no, it's on, it's been, it, there's backwards compatibility. Like, it, it's already on PS5. So you mm -hmm. doing, like, a light update isn't quite enough to get me excited, um, but I am looking forward to it if they have something a little bit more layered that makes yeah. it feel like I'm having a unique ps5 experience but with this older game it being director's a director's cut and it being hideo kojima wouldn't surprise me to see that they they add new cutscenes or add a few more features and things like that i think i i i, I would think it would be a, a bit of a substantial thing given 
Hideo Kojima's history when he does do things like Metal Gear, uh, like the subsistence stuff. Like he 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 does pretty good iterations on his games. Uh, and yeah, the giant, Janet, like one, you made the right decision to not do a guide on Death Stranding because I'm sure that would have would that would have driven you insane. And then two, I only played like half Death Stranding, and so you're you're good, you're good. You know, it's hell fine. yeah, that's half You're, more than a lot of people. So there you go. You're already ahead. That's of the a curve. fair point. I, I love that this is happening because I'm with you that I would love to go back to it and play a PlayStation Five version of Death Stranding with all those bells and whistles. I think that's super awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a VR missions kind of thing where you had uh, specific uh, tailored missions in Death Stranding added in because the, the trailer they showed kind of gave that energy to it a little bit of like new levels and i think a vr missions type thing would make sense for that uh and also you had the metal gear solid references that you had in the trailer with him playing around with the box and trying and basically messing around with it for a good minute minute uh in the also, trailer which do was you fun. think that's going to be like a new skew a free update a paid update where do you think it's going to land i think it's going to be like a paid this- thing okay like yeah. a paid thing like i can have the base game and then pay for like this piece no, I think it's I gonna think like, no. I think you're gonna. Thing. I think you're gonna. You're gonna have to pay seventy dollars. No, <laughs> I think oh, you're man. gonna pay the full I don't know money. About that one, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if it's yeah. a new if it, skew, I if it was a just, physical version, can trade Pokemon just Snap. Death I don't like that game. Can just kind of offset the price. If it was just Death Stranding PS5, then I think there'd be a chance of of a free upgrade. But it being a director's cut makes me think that it's going to be an entirely different skew. And then it all it also being PlayStation. We saw what happened with Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, yeah, it, like, I can't that, wait to hear what this is. It's going to be awful. I'm so excited. Yeah, but maybe maybe it won't cost $70. Maybe it would be $50 because they know, you know it's an older game and people might not show up at full price. But, you know, to save to save my own heart and speculation, I'm going to say this will probably be $70. We also got uh, Deviation Studios uh, making a game with PlayStation. That was the other thing that happened at Summer Games Fest regarding PlayStation. Uh, I'm going to pull from Igor at Engadget, who writes, Former Call of Duty heads are making a new game for PlayStation. Two important individuals in the history of Call of Duty have founded a new studio. At Summer Games Fest, Dave Anthony and Jason Blundell, previously of Treyarch, announced the existence of Deviation Games. They also shared their their working on a new IP for PlayStation, but stopped short of detailing the project. Given the team's pedigree, you can probably expect a first-person shooter. Quote, we're drawing on what we've learned over our collective decades making games, but we also, we're also out to make something fresh and brimming with innovation like you've never seen before, uh, end quote. Anthony wrote in a post over on the PlayStation blog following the initial announcement. Quote, we're setting out to make a huge content-rich game with a focus on a lot of action and a lot of energy, end quote. Deviation Games is another big get for Sony. It was only in March that uh, the the company announced it was working with Haven, a studio founded by former Ubisoft and Stadia producer Jade Raymond, to fund a new original PlayStation game. Janet, does that get you hyped? Uh, No, in the sense I don't really do uh, FPSs, so assuming it is one, I'm like, it's not really my cup of tea. I'll still probably check it out because I try to play everything. Um, But I do like it in the sense of just expanding on things and it falls under that um, a rising tide lifts all boats type situation. I think having mm. more things to get excited about on PlayStation, even if they're not something that I'm excited about, is good for the brand and the company. Um, so in that sense, I think it's cool. I do have to ask you, Blessing, what do you think of that logo for Deviation Games? I I like it, but 
it does look like it says dev at dev add on or <laughs> yeah. deviation. Like I'm like suddenly I cannot read the word deviation. Yeah, like I think they're they're onto something stylistically with it, but somebody they should have had an editor that was like, actually no, this look people are gonna read this the wrong way. It doesn't look like deviation. <laughs> there's a there's a better way to do this. They deviated yeah, too has much. It up right here. Yeah, no, it looks purely like dev at on, which it's maybe. <laughs> they they could have they could have done something with this though right because like dev could have stood for developer dev at onward you know like they, they had like a slogan a slogan that reflected the dev at on thing they could have done something slick but no yeah, I, around the the v and the a yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's my mind one. is doing like five different things or it's like I, I i see the i but then it's also like making a weird backwards n but then also a w at the same time Ooh, like my brain what's funny is i see another v i see Dev and then yeah, another V oh. to the A. This is a good yeah. poll right here. What do you what do you all see uh, in the What do you chat? see what when you, you this is like the um the ink blot of logo. Yeah, yeah, like like what do you Rorschach, see when you look Rorschach at this? The test. Oh, yes. Do you see uh, two Fantastic. ladies looking at each other or uh, a base? Yeah. Exactly. I see deviation games. So those are the two things between Death Stranding coming to PS5 and Deviation Studios. Those are the two things that I think would be a given of this would be at a PlayStation presentation if they were at E3. Was there anything else you think would, would show up or are you ready to move on to stuff that could have showed up at PlayStation? That's probably it as far as like the guarantee ones that we definitely would have seen. Okay, okay. Uh, I see Barrett has a poll here that he's, that he's pulled up. Uh, does Horizon come out this holiday? 71% of you uh, said yes. Uh, and then now he's putting up a new poll. Uh, what do you see? <laughs> Deviation or dev add-on? And so far, dev add-on is winning the, the poll. Um, but to move on with stuff that we saw elsewhere that could have shown up at PlayStation, I'm going to start off with the... I'm going to call the Square Trio. The Square Trio of games being Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Babylon's Fall, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, two of these were kind of disappointing. And so Unholy maybe it was a trilogy. good thing... Yeah, like on paper, these three, I think, would have made a great fit for PlayStation. But when you actually look at the content of both Stranger of Paradise and Babylon's Fall, you start to get like, uh, maybe I don't know, Chief. Babylon's Fall, I believe, is coming to PlayStation platforms uh, as like a console exclusive. And so that would have made a lot of sense on that. But for what they had to show, didn't shine as well. Guardians of the Galaxy, though, for what that Square Enix showcase was, I could have easily seen the argument of don't have a showcase Square Enix. Instead, like disperse stuff out and give guardians to one of the big boys because guardians i think actually does look pretty good guardians does look like a fun game and i think could have had a, a a bigger slash at a different presentation guardians for me i don't think it looked good but i also didn't think marvel's avengers looked good and then when mm. i played marvel's avengers i thought it was maybe barely good but mostly not good so I think they like kind of, I mean, they do complement each other as a thing. Like I, I was, you know, I had tweeted out that like, oh, this game doesn't look uh, good. And Greg was like really into it. And a lot of people were tagging me like, oh man, two different takes at once. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, I guess you'll have to think for yourself, <laughs> you know? But I'm like, I, I, some people did mention like, if you liked Marvel's Avengers, you probably will, you probably liked what you saw of Guardians. And I think that does ring true because they do maneuver very similarly. And I think given like, marvel avengers history with playstation that would have made it a good fit thematically in that sense yeah yeah and i'm somebody who i liked the single player of avengers i thought that was, it was fine solid. it wasn't fantastic it was solid. yeah it was, it was it was solid i felt would you I main felt in the campaign hard. i mean you couldn't really choose right like you basically yeah, you played could. whoever they gave you 
Could you? It, sometimes there were story mandatory ones, but there were a lot of times you could. Like I was Iron Man mm-hmm. as much as I could because Iron Man was the most powerful person in yeah. that game. Like you could just fly and just do whatever. But yeah, I thought the the campaign was a lot better than I expected it to be. Like it was it was mm-hmm. solid. I think I played a lot of uh, Miss Marvel in the campaign then because I, I liked her character the most for sure. Yeah, she had and controversial. Now that I think about it, I see where I remember playing as her a lot. And so that actually makes sense if I chose her and she was my favorite. And yeah, the traversal for her was fun. I always liked the run-up, uh, like the sprint jump where her leg would uh, elongate as you would jump. It had a cool animation mm-hmm. to it. But yeah, the idea that Idols Montreal gets to make just a single-player game and have cool ideas with it, for me, uh, gives me confidence. Because if it's just single-player Avengers, but without the multiplayer parts of that game holding it back, then I think it's going to be a good game. I think that's going to end up being uh, a pretty good thing. And so I'm excited for that. Um, Let's talk about Hades. Hades was shown off at the Xbox game showcase, and it is coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass over there. Hades did also, uh, after the Xbox showcase, come out and say, hey, yeah, we are coming to PlayStation as well. Uh, And it's launching on August 13th for both PS4 and PS5. And they talk about how on PS5, you'll have it run better, do all that fun stuff that you love. Uh, Is that one for you that you'd feel would make sense at a PlayStation showcase? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, it's like a fire indie. It's a known quantity. Like at this point, we already know that Hades is an awesome game. And even if you don't think it is, like it's pretty critically acclaimed as a, as a great game. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with Hades. And I think like it would fit at PlayStation really well, especially I don't know offhand or if they've discussed or if it's out there, if that if that game has a platinum. But if it does that, I mean, it's such like a repeat run and like a fun game. And then there's like after you beat it, there's like sort of more stuff to do there. Like, I think that really lends itself to trophy hunting. And obviously, Xbox has achievements, but I do feel like in terms of like gamer culture, achievement hunting isn't really talked about or like vibed with the same way trophy hunting is. Mm-hmm. I think just mainly because yeah, I mean, Ray Narvaez would argue differently when you complete it. What do you even get like when you're when you max out the score on xbox what's it called it's a thousand yeah like a cool whatever cool notification but what does it say it just says (laughs) 1000 gamer score point like it says like achievement achieved it says you did (laughs) nice cool sound right like and that's the thing that's the problem like who made it a hot song right playstation like it's just cool platinum simple clean uh you have the few ones that's it we all know what it's like and i think that would be really cool on that stage um so yeah Yeah. i think that would have been an awesome get I uh, the the get for Microsoft getting this on Game Pass, uh, I think what kind of sours it a little bit, you know, on the PlayStation side, of course, big get for Microsoft. That's dope as fuck that they're getting Hades on Game Pass on the PlayStation side, though. It feels like they might have fumbled the bag a little bit of man. This would have been a great PlayStation Plus game if you guys made the deal. I, there, there, there's that balance there that I, I feel like is a bit lost on the PlayStation side is in terms of Hades. Super excited. It's coming to PlayStation, though. Like Hades, a fantastic game that every single person should play because it's uh it's wonderful but man i i feel like the i feel like the bag was was fumbled just a little bit there and then for another one that did show up elsewhere that could have been a really cool thing to show up on a playstation e3 stage elden ring deep dive of course we got the elden ring trailer reveal at summer games fest uh which makes sense and was a really cool thing for that over the days we've been getting interviews with uh miyazaki who works on the game talking about exactly what you can expect from the game and all this different stuff i'm gonna pull from matt Kim over at IGN, uh, who talks about how Miyazaki explained how the open world works. It goes like this. The more Miyazaki explains the world of Elden Ring, the bigger it feels. 
Beyond the main dungeons of the six domains, there are also a wide variety of catacombs and castles and fortresses which are interspersed throughout the map. While there are certainly overworlds that come to mind when hearing Miyazaki explain the map layout of Elden Ring, Cough, Breath of the Wild, Cough, this expansive design signals particularly exciting possibilities. But separating the world into six major domains that function as their own dungeons, uh, while also creating a larger explorable world with off-the-beaten-path mini-dungeons, Elden Ring could feel like a truly open world that still keeps the level of map craftsmanship from software is known for. And man, what I, lo- what I have loved... If PlayStation had an E3, Summer Games Fest just got done having the the reveal trailer looked really cool, show some gl- gameplay, all that fun stuff. If Miyazaki would sit down with PlayStation and be like, "Hey, this is what the breakdown of Elden Ring looks like," and of course there would be that back and forth thing and the conversation of, "Oh yeah, Elden Ring was revealed at Xbox." Uh, uh, it, the report this time around is that Summer Games Fest was was a nice neutral ground for them. I it, it coming full circle to be cool. We showed up at Xbox. We showed up on neutral ground. We showed up on PlayStation. Could have been a fun, complete narrative to it, to showing off this game. Um, but that's I feel like leaning into dream territory of what I would have wanted out of an E3 showcase. I think though too, like something like Elden Ring because it's such a big deal and it already has like such a distinctive atmosphere to it and all these like kind of expectations and feelings attached to it. It would have been great for that, which I, I mentioned this you know later on for like things I want, like over-the-top pageantry like that's what that's the big thing we've been missing from e3 everyone's coming up here and they're just like oh like here's what's going on and sometimes we have like goofy celebrity appearances and things but like you know there isn't like a, a cannon full of fire shooting out or any of the dumb where are the violins where the hanging freakers or whatever the fuck they called them in days gone where where is the church where's the church from the last was part two like, they bring out, like, a giant Elden Ring. You hear, like, a literal giant bell or something. You know, like, something. That hand thing comes out. Like, something there. And I think it would have been a, a fun time to, like, play up the the pageantry element of it, whether it would be, like, I don't know. We had plenty of musical stuff, so an orchestra would be kind of an, an obvious one. Or just something like that could have been really cool to sort of set the tone and give it that, like... It's funny because when these neutral games appear, people are always like, oh, well, I mean, it's not like you can't play other places. It's like, yeah, but what is the association? Like, it is all about appearances. Like, marketing is all about appearances. If I associate something with your brand, I'm not going to remember that. Like, I didn't I didn't even remember that Hades was, you know, out on PlayStation until I had dug into the blog post and saw it. Like, what I saw was Xbox, Hades, and I thought, that's all I thought. That's all I walked away with from that day. So I think those things do really um, become significant and can drive things home for people. Mm-hmm. really quick in the chat so, as someone said like nobody was there to kind of counterpoint of like that big pageantry i would counterpoint with uh you know summer game fest kickoff of like you had japanese uh breakfast there and uh weezer there and they they did performances yeah. with nobody in the audience and it was still like a fun time it still had that kind of like uh more like e3 vibe from it so that, that's my counterpoint mm-hmm. to the celebrity stuff on there yeah. they also have celebrity stuff in that even though the Jack celebrity Goldman. stuff i don't really care about it i just like the I feel like the stupidity is what makes it E3. You know what I mean? And I mean that with love in my heart. Like, I enjoy seeing that. Like, you know, I want to see a car roll out on stage that's made of Lego. Like, I want to, you know, like, make it feel like, okay. Some dope-ass shit. Give me some fucking hype. This was a dumb thing that we're going to have to expense later. And it's going to look stupid on our tax returns. Like, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Now, Janet, those were the givens that would have been at uh, PlayStation E3 and the stuff we saw elsewhere that could have shown up at PlayStation. Let's talk about what we would have liked to have seen the big hopes and dreams for a playstation presentation if they were at e3 i'm gonna let you take the stage on this one janet where do you want to start 
PlayStation stage. Uh, let's just start with the way it's listed, because, like, why not? I can kick it off with, um, this is an obvious one and not super exciting, but Ratchet and Clank, it just came out. It's a big deal. This would be a great time to just, you know, throw up a little sizzle reel of, like, the review scores, what people were saying, to dig into what it means as a next-gen game. I mean, I think they've, especially with the conversations around um, Horizon and God of War being, like, also on PS4, they named Ratchet and uh, Returnal as the big examples of taking advantage of next-gen hardware. I think especially since a lot of people can't get that next-gen hardware, spending a little bit of time and showcasing what they mean by that, sort of driving that point home. And I think it might be interesting, too, to talk about, like, features that are unique to being on the PS5, even though I know, Blessing, you had some beef with the game help in Ratchet and Clank, I which did. I, 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 did. I also agree with that, which, which, which was your issue with it. It just didn't have enough of the side stuff. Like looking yeah. for the 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 Cragger Bears in Ratchet and Clank, like those that didn't show up on the game help. Quite a few things I was looking for in terms of collectibles just weren't showing up, and that was pissing me off when I was trying to get the platinum. Um, and my whole uh, even things like there there was some of the side objectives. There's one side objective on one of the planets that is right right around on the the mountable flying creature and go and collect a bunch of stuff and game help didn't help with any of that especially when you get to a point where you're like how do how the fuck do i get to this place up how do here? i get up I, here like i can't fly yeah, up here. I, what's going on here yeah how the fuck do i get up here and i had to text greg and greg, greg was like ignore it keep playing it'll open up and that's what i did yeah. and i was like oh well I this hate, wasn't as like, obvious i, I did that I just last where... night blessing it was so frustrating yeah you so think, frustrating you think you can already do it but like you have to it has to be open but it's open through something that you have no way of like perceiving or knowing about so you just keep when going i tell you i hate that when feeling. i tell you i was shadow of the colossusing the fuck out of a structure in ratchet and clank ripped apart trying to get to a collectible that's on the top uh, of, uh that was on the top of it and i was i was breaking geometry i almost made it up there like i almost made it up there just by like trying to, <laughs> to game the system and i love it, that yeah it was just one of those things where it's like no you just gotta collect the rest of the stuff and then you come back and then it'll tell you how you can get those things um not great. I wish game helped help with stuff like that. I think still, even though it was, you know, flawed game help, I think highlighting that could be like an interesting angle, especially in terms of like, or even just kind of building on that and highlighting what kind of upgrades, like quality of life upgrades have come to like PlayStation 5, what we can expect in the future. Um, they spent some time on the PlayStation blog recently diving into game help and they, they mentioned Ration and Clank and they also mentioned like, oh, it's, you know, we're still in the beginning stages of this. So I'm hoping, you know, things like what you mentioned will either get, you know, fixed or maybe have at least some explanation to like how those things are chosen or how you can maybe opt into some things and not others but i think mm -hmm. using ratchet and clank as a jumping off point for what does next gen on the ps5 mean would be a great uh use case yeah. for them i think it would be it would be a great example of like hey this is what playstation does we release your ratchet and clanks you just got returnal you just got uh a spider-man miles morales i like the idea of painting a story up till now playstation 5 has been out for seven months here's where we've been so far uh, and I think I think that would be a such I think that would be a, such a strong way to go from the beginning and then have the presentation being about cool that was play, that's PlayStation Five so far here's what to look forward to in the future I think that would be a really cool thing. Um, what I want to bring up, I think coming out and talking about PS Plus and PS Now in a very strong and confident way would be an awesome thing to do in a presentation like this, restating the vision and the pitch for PlayStation Plus. Because again, you know, we talk about competition all the time. I know people are probably sick about hearing the, the words Xbox Game Pass on this PlayStation podcast. And so I apologize for bringing them up. But 
you know, when we talk about why PlayStation does the thing, things they do, when we talk about how you make decisions in terms of how to present your brand and do all these things, you kind of have to bring up the competition and what they're doing good so you know that your grow areas. And I think what Xbox does fantastically is state their vision when it comes to their services. For PlayStation, I think they've kind of stumbled with that. I think that's the thing that they could do better because PlayStation Plus is still really good. It's still pretty fantastic, especially when you look at what PlayStation Plus has been so far during this generation. When you talk about 2021 on PlayStation Plus, uh, you're talking about Maneater. You're talking about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, uh, Greedfall, Control Ultimate Edition, Concrete Genie, Destruction All-Stars, Maquette, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Remnant from the Ashes, Farpoint, Oddworld, Soulstorm, Days Gone, Zombie Army 4, Dead War, Wreckfest, Battlefield V, uh, String of Deep, Operation Tango, Star Wars Squadrons, Virtual Fighter V, Ultimate Showdown. The amount of those that came to PS Plus day one at their launch is impressive by itself, but... Uh, you know, even outside of that, that's, a, that's an impress, impressive lineup for that. I think as PlayStation, you come out and reiterate that, right? Like, hey, we are thinking about you guys in the way that we treat PS Plus, in the way that we have PS Plus collection for those who get a PS5 with PS Plus, uh, in the way that we have PS Now, you know, which I think, again, you got to restate whatever the fuck your vision is with that thing, because people do not look at that thing as like a super strong service. I think the people that use it are fine with it and probably enjoy it fine, but I think for what that is, you got to make it stronger. You got to beef it up in some way. I understand not wanting to put your first party stuff in there, but what if you did put PlayStation Indies in there day and date? What if you did put your partnered games in, in there, like Returnal or um, uh, what Deviation Games is working on? What if you found a way that you could entice people to, fa- to fall into that service? Or what if you just bundled it in with PS Plus to, in- to uh, strengthen that? I think coming out and really stating a, a case for that would be such a dope thing to do. So you kind of already touched on this like a second ago, but I have a couple follow-up questions. One, uh, do you currently have PS Now? No. Okay, two, have you ever had PS Now? Or either of you? What's your PS Now history? I had it um, like years and years and years ago. I I got it uh, because I wanted to play like Uncharted 3 or something in like 2015 or 14. Um, And I used it and I was like, nope, this is not the great, this is not a great way to play this game. And I I haven't, I don't think I've revisited it since. I might have, I might have like gone for like a month here and obviously if you're like someone listening to this who happens to also be toxic one hello and also goodbye hopefully (laughs) but two like you know one like those people might say oh like how can you be on a playstation pockets and not have that but i think that's actually a testament to the fact that ps now is just not that enticing of a thing like that would never Mm -hmm. be the case if this was like you know if you flip it on if you go on the xcast side i'm sure all those guys either have game pass game pass ultimate they all probably have game pass ultimate yeah, they probably have they, like three years plus of even game if they don't have it even them. if they don't have it they probably have had it a lot like you know and even me as someone who like is just a general gamer like i've had game pass ultimate more months than i have not had it um and that has to do with the fact that it's just not that appealing of a service i think the fact that it doesn't even get talked about and when it gets new entries is very telling because even when it has stuff that's cool it's like yeah but it's ps now so like it's it yeah, kind of reminds me is, of that vibe of when stuff see, comes to stadia it's like okay i don't care because <laughs> We're not going to play it there. Seeing the words Marvel's Avengers coming to PS Now should be an exciting thing. And I think for some, it was Absolutely. an exciting thing. But it definitely kind of, for me, I looked at that and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I moved on and didn't think about it since. Meanwhile, I'm on my Xbox, you know, Dishonored is coming to Xbox Game Pass and it's boosted. And I'm over here like, fuck, I'm going to download that and try it out. Like, you know, I, I, I think there are so many efforts that need to be put into PlayStation Now to really make that thing shine the way that it could shine, especially if you do want to make it a showcase of the catalog of current-gen games that are on there, but then also your back catalog because you do have PS3, PS3 stuff on there as well. 
find some ways to make it dope as fuck. Boost the game. I think too, PS3 like you know, PS people now. and people in the chat are mentioning, like you know, someone mentioned right now, PS Now library is better than Game Pass, in my opinion. And like you know what? Let's say that it is right. Let's just say sure. Like though, you put that list of games, they're better games overall. That doesn't really matter because it's about getting me excited about the service and what's to come, and also thinking about what my use case is. Uh, you could have the greatest library of all time if it's not for the right price point, if it doesn't have the right cadence. It's not going to do me anything because I'm not going to quit everything I'm doing and just spend my time going to the library. So like, that's not, yeah. you know, how everyone lives. So you have to kind of have that ebb and flow. And I think what works with Game Pass so well is that it does have that day and date. And we already know that PlayStation is not going to do that with now. So it does put now in this weird floating area where it's like, okay, what is this for? So I think, you know, to bring it back to what you mentioned, the idea of maybe anchoring it with indies, it needs some form of anchor. Because right now it just feels yes. like random games that feel old that I probably already own the service you know and it's like okay well that's not going to get me hyped and for an extra price point when we have so many services it's like okay what do i really need this for and that i don't think they've had a great answer to that question um i do think bundling would be a really strong thing even though it is fighting the xbox style um i mean the xbox thing is smart i've had ultimate more than i've had regular game pass even though i'm not necessarily taking advantage of what ultimate provides over you know base game pass but i it was a good enough price point that i didn't really read the fine print too much or care about how much i was optimizing it because it sort of solved all my problems at once yeah i think this generation too is making it a bigger thing for gamers in the conversation of value like value value is becoming such a big point of contention for people um playstation games are moving up or have moved up to $70, right? Like that's a big thing. And that when you look at what's happening across the pond, right? Like the competition are finding ways to kind of to uh, uh, help fight against that or help, help I guess, help gamers find ways to, into playing those games that they want to play um, without it being like, uh, uh, like a difficult thing, right? Like Nintendo's Nintendo, right? So those games are sixty dollars. They're not moving up to seventy dollars, I would think, anytime soon. Xbox has Xbox Game Pass, right? Like you have you have uh sales in Epic Game Store and and really cool selections there all the time. PlayStation, I feel like, hasn't done really much. Hasn't done much in terms of um finding good ways to at, uh give value toward players, right? I'm down to spend seventy dollars on Ratchet and Clank because it's Ratchet and Clank. But whenever I tweet out my reviews or anything for eternal or for ration clank you should see the amount of replies the amount of quote tweets i get that are about oh but it's 70 dollars, and i'm like yeah i get that you know i'm 70 dollars is a lot of money you know 70 dollars means a lot to a lot of people um and i think there's something that needs to be done on the playstation side to at least ease that up a little bit you know like I give people too, memberships like that makes sense as far as um you know marketing you know people have also mentioned in chat which is the conversation we've been having for a long time and probably will have until you know this you guys finish your time capsule seven years from now and get some answers but i think even just bringing up playstation now more you know people are like oh no it's really good it's different now and maybe it is but like if you don't make me care about it i'm not going to care about it and mentioning stuff like if you are going to market it as these random old games you might already have, you know, bring it up when you're talking about the new IPs. Can I play, you know, I think God of War might have gotten added to PS Now at some point. Maybe. Let's pretend that's true. Like, yeah, thanks. That, that could be brought up when you're talking about Ragnarok as a way to kind of, like, get into the franchise or, or something like that. I think they need to kind of, like, you know, make it feel like it is filling a need. Like, Game Pass yeah. fills a need in terms of, one, you have a cool library, and two, day and date is a huge need. You tell me I can pay this and just have the game already. I don't have to worry about, you know, spend... I don't have to ask myself, is it worth $70? Is it worth 60 You know, would it be nice if we didn't have to have this conversation? Sure, but we live in a capitalistic society where the truth is, for some people, you know, a good game isn't enough to have them spend $70. It has to be transcendent. It has to be this other thing. We all have our own lines. And I think 
you know, for a lot of people, Game Pass removes that initial question and lets them try a lot of games they might not have tried otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that does, you know, fill a problem, a fix a problem that they have. Um, I think what you mentioned, I, I don't know if you brought it up already, but um, the idea of, of expanding the PS Plus collection, I think is a really good one because it does, again, that fills oh, a yeah. need. Like you're new to the ecosystem or you missed a few things. Um, I think adding to that would be super appealing. Um, and I really hope they do. I don't know that they will, but like I'm really waiting for them to do something with that. Yeah, PS Plus Collection, I, th- I think, would be such a cool thing if, yeah, they found a way to expand it with uh, 10 games at a time or something al- along those lines. Um, because, again, I think it's all about finding ways to give your audience value and let them hop into the the dope and amazing games they have on their on your platform you know like you want to you want to get people in and right now for people on the playstation side right like things are costly games are expensive um and i don't think playstation now and ps plus are competing and competing enough against what the competition is doing i think ps plus is at least trying a little bit with some of the really good offerings all the ones that i listed earlier in the show right like those are good offerings to have on ps plus those are incredible offerings even but but I don't think it's enough. I think you got to do more. Uh, just uh, a, a quick thing. Uh, God of War mm-hmm. 2018, I don't think is on here, but the rest of the God of War games are. Um, and yeah. my, my takeaway Great. from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can play God of War Ghosts of Sparta. Uh, really exciting. Hell yeah, um, let's go. <laughs> my, my thing, I think uh, this is how you reband, uh, rebrand uh, PS Now. Uh, you call it PS Plus, and uh, you just dissolve it into yeah. PS Plus, and uh, that's how you do it. Uh, you figure out how to fucking download PS3 games, because those are the only games that are uh, not downloadable. Uh, that was an update that came out of PS Now a couple years after, was that you could download PS4 and PS2 games, uh, so you don't have to like constantly be streaming those. I think being able to download... Uh, uh, games from two generations ago at this point. It's really exciting because I think there's a lot of gamers our age uh, who have a lot of nostalgia for that generation. So I think that's a that's something that they got to figure out eventually. Um, mm. And then just uh, have be a little more on the up and up on like uh, more current uh, games being added. Like I know like Witcher Three is on there, which is cool. I know Avengers got added for a little bit, but like if, if uh, Avengers is like your kind of main selling point right now, like that's that's not great. Where like uh, Game Pass has almost the entire Bethesda catalog. And so like I am mainly yeah. a PlayStation player and I am more excited about game pass. And I think about getting uh, a, a series S uh, every couple months because of like, man, the, the game you pass should, library. It's adorable. I, I, it, it is great. I just don't have any more room for consoles in my, in uh, <laughs> my uh, setup. So uh, also I think the bundle should be called PS plus plus just to make it confusing. Fuck yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, like I, I love game pass on PC, but like the, the lineup of game pass on consoles, is, is really great so I, I think there are just little tweaks here and there i think you uh get rid of the playstation now uh just uh branding and just put it all under it's like PlayStation a love Plus. it it's like a love it or list it situation for those people who are like watch basic house shows like me it's like okay well we could get rid of ps now or we could just fix it up and you know we take down this wall really you can make it open concept you know i think it just needs a little mm. bit of sprucing up because there are really good things in there and i think a lot of people do care about having access to older titles too like i'm not trying to discount older stuff but like you know it's not really going to move the needle in the same way but i think that'd be cool uh to continue with our fake playstation e3 2021 press conference that we're putting together here uh another one would be gran turismo 7 this is one that you added to the list uh doing a trailer with a confirmation of 2022 i think that that could be really cool yeah, well, I, I believe the 2022 part is confirmed, but they, that, that's all they have. So at least getting a, a like a closer window would be nice. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, even though I know that's 
another game that falls into the it's on PS4 and PS5 situation. I think it could still be a nice showcase. Driving games tend to look really pretty. And I think, you know, it's not exactly like a direct competitor to Forza necessarily, but I think having part of the stage is having diversity in genre. And even though I'm personally not like a Gran Turismo player, it'd be cool to see stuff like that and have like a, a wider spectrum of games showcased. Next up here, we got something with Call of Duty, which I think is a really interesting one. This is one that you added to the list and yep. I, I want to bounce off of because I think, you know, PlayStation historically during their E3 usually is partnered with Call of Duty in, in, in some way. Call of Duty in the recent years, though, has gotten interesting because they're not showing up at this E3. The reason being is that they want their next Call of Duty, Call of Duty Vanguard, to be revealed through Warzone, which is such a, such a fascinating concept. Um, but with that, right, I wouldn't be... If PlayStation did have an E3, I think it, it could be a strong move to have that tease happen at the the PlayStation yeah. E3 event, and then the follow-up would be a Warzone thing, right? Because I think for PlayStation, it would be such a strong move to... to fight back against the competition when it comes to first-person shooters losing out on bethesda third-party games i think is a little bit of a dent in terms of what the first-person shooter output is on playstation of course you still got the cross-platform stuff that people are going to love you still have your fortnites you still have your apexes you still have uh battlefield uh the next one's coming to to playstation as well right like you still have those but i i think a strong i think trying to build the message of hey we're a great place for shooters as well is a strong message would be a strong message for them. You know, I think you have deviation studios, which may be working on a first person shooter for you. You have firewalk studios as well. Like, I think there's ground to be gained there. That's going to take a lot of work, but being able to take ownership of call of duty, I think would do go a long way there. And even if it was, it, here's a drop of call of duty Warzone content. And then here's the title of call of duty Vanguard, because I hasn't, I don't think that's been officially revealed in any form. Things only been recorded. Here's call of duty Vanguard, uh, with the logo and, and come back later in the summer for the full review reveal. I think that could have been such a cool thing. Yeah, I think for sure. You know, I think it falls in that same category of stuff. That's like sort of niche, but also immensely popular. So you do want to get those audiences. And I think in the same vein, like where, where were the sports sims? this year like i feel like there wasn't really much talked about it on that and I, I i feel like traditionally a lot of times with fifa we do see that more on like xbox's stage or obviously during like ea play or something like that that kind of you know takes a spotlight but i feel like having something anything with that would have would have been a good play for them this year had they had a conference uh, i see a, a poll was dropped in chat asking do you have playstation now currently uh with a bit over 100 votes in 10 people say yes they do have a playstation now 117 people say no they do not have playstation now that is an ongoing poll feel free to keep voting if you're in chat and 10 of the right people now, that have it live. five of them are lying so just... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think you make a good point about the sports sims of course ea play is going on later yeah. in the summer uh and so they're not present to have to have that and and we didn't see anything for what the next nba 2k is from uh, uh from 2k and so there is the absence of that. I wouldn't be surprised if if PlayStation did have a conference, we see maybe one sports games sports game pop uh, pop up because that's never a secret, right? Like EA's not sitting there like don't show the sports yet. Like we gotta wait. Yeah, no one like, knows. You know, don't let it be on PlayStation stage. We gotta have it on our own thing. I don't think that would be the case, right? I think they would be fine with with uh, letting uh, other companies especially the big first party ones show off that. I think the question would be would PlayStation want to show that off? Um, I think which the thing is though maybe, too, yeah. with like with with sports stuff, like I've been wondering, and there's a little bit of integration, I think, well, you know, with FIFA and the dual sense, but I really want to see them like lean into that more. I was gonna say kick up, but I'm like, oh my god, such a bad soccer pun. <laughs> but like I think the angle could be 
what is different about playing this on our platform versus the others because essentially it's like different controller preferences but i think leaning into like the dual sense would be a really strong play for something like that and could make it justified on oh we're here we're focusing on that element and then at something like ea play it's a lot more generalized Next up in our PlayStation E3 2021 conference made by the Janet Garcia uh, Blessing Connection, uh, we got an update on the PlayStation Indies. This is a big one for me because PlayStation Indies are, I, I think they want PlayStation Indies to be such a big thing for them. And they, so far, I think they've shown them off pretty well, especially between the original PlayStation presentation we got last June and then the fall presentation. Oh no, I just spilled water. Uh, <laughs> I think that's been such a big thing for them. <laughs> Thankfully, no water actually you, do, Are you okay? No, I'm good. Okay? I'm good. I, I I drank most of the water out okay. of the bottle, uh, thankfully, and so there's still some left. Hold on. Okay. You're looking just you're, down. You're it. looking yeah, great. Just right. down it. You're, you're, you're oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. For a second, the funny thing too is that it fell, and then it fell right toward my switch, and I was like, "This is not how. This is not how my switch hey, dies." Man, come in the middle of the PlayStation podcast. Ordering, uh, new Nintendo Switch is uh, right, blessing. Oh God, I hope so, man. I hope so. I don't I don't count on it though at this point. I don't count on it. But like I was saying, right? PlayStation make a, has made a big deal of PlayStation Indies as of late. You have games like Odd World, Soulstorm, uh, and Maquette and Bucksnacks be PlayStation Indies and then also come out day and day on PlayStation PlayStation Plus, which have been big moves for those games. But then alongside those, you have games that they've talked about like G- Goodbye Volcano High, you have Jet the Far Shore, you have Solar Ash, Chicory, A Colorful Tale just came out for them and it's been getting re- incredible reviews. You have Puzzling Places, which they've talked about. You have Tribes of, I guess Tribes of Midgard has talked, has, um, shown up multiple times over the last weekend and so maybe that's not one you need to give an update on but um there's plenty to work with in terms of playstation indies and what people are excited for straight being another one that i see people talk about all the time like people are hyped for that that would be having a playstation indie section where they go hard with that i think would be amazing especially because when we talk about e3 we're talking about we're talking about a stage we're talking about a place to show things playstation first party i understand totally why they're like fuck that we're just gonna have our own thing where we show this stuff off. But I think PlayStation Indies, they would be benefited so well by showing up in a PlayStation E3 conference and having that section where it is, hey, for the next 10 minutes, we're gonna show you some really cool games that are coming to PlayStation and you can get them on PS Plus. I think there's power there that is being missed out on. Um, and I think that would make for a great uh, addition to a PlayStation E3 fake 2021 conference. Yeah, like when Shuhei showed up, I'm like, it should have been, you know, on the PlayStation stage. That would have been a really cool, like, way to, I guess, if we're dragging and dropping things from other conferences, like that felt very much uh, like it would have been at home at a PlayStation presentation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, I I forgot to mention even Kina Bridges, uh, Kina, Kenna, Kina Bridges Spirits. I think that could have, Kenna. Even if they presented, we would know for sure. If they would talk about that damn game, I'd know how to pronounce it. Uh, I I would love another trailer that is more a deep dive into what the story is. You know, like they've they've had a few trailers so far, and I'm not, I am not at the point yet where I'm tired of seeing it. (laughs) You know, I'd be down to to continue seeing Kane of Bridge of Spirits. I know they actually showed up at um the the thing an earlier event this weekend. Yeah, they were at something on Friday or or Tribeca. I think it was Tribeca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so. Maybe that could have been a PlayStation if there was a PlayStation event. As far as like small, like, because usually E3, you know, we think of the big deal things that show up, but I also think of what the small filler for fun, cutesy stuff would be. And I think Sackboy, a big adventure, having like some form of costume updates, like they're kind of not constantly mentioning it, but every now and then they'll like periodically be like, oh, here's a new costume that you can do. And a lot of times it is tying in or playing up, you know, an existing IP or something else they're promoting. So I think doing one of those there, maybe doing a little statistics flex with like, random stats that don't really matter of how many orbs were collected over the whole time or anything like that. 
uh, would be fun. And that is one of, again, when we think of staples at PlayStation, um, that's certainly one, especially when we think of what was there during that launch window of the PS5. I think it's good to kind of bolster that one up. Yeah, a, a couple things. First, uh, going back to uh, Indies for a second, we talked about Xbox and how they've done a good job of owning the the games that are coming out on Xbox Game Pass and their platforms over the next year. And you talk about things like The Ascent, you talk about 12 Minutes, you talk about a lot of those cool-looking indie games that we all want to play. Again, like going back to PlayStation Indies, I feel like you have the chance to build out that library and really color what this fall looks like. Ken of Bridge of Spirits can be a tentpole uh, PlayStation game this fall. Not tentpole in terms of it's God of War or Horizon, but tentpole as in for the PlayStation audience, we have a calendar that we look forward to, and Kenna Bridge of Spirits can be a shining star on that calendar. I think that's the thing you want to do. Um, <clears throat> and so I'd, I'd like to see them do that. But then, yeah, going back to Sackboy, A Big Adventure, I think to your point, I think you make a very a, a very good point in terms of, you know, flexing stats about Sackboy, A Big Adventure and turning that more, more into a thing. I would like, I, it could be a cool idea if Sackboy, A Big Adventure was treated a little bit more like a live service game in term, uh, instead of a one-and-done thing. Because they've added a few costumes so far. They've added costumes costumes to tie into other games. What if that was just always an ongoing thing wherever we get a new a new big PlayStation title, you get uh, a Sackboy costume for it, even the little ones, right? What if there was a Ken of Bridge of Spirits costume for Sackboy? What if there is uh, a Deathloop costume for Sackboy or a Ghostwire Tokyo costume for Sackboy that continue to happen? Uh, and even if you want to go real hard with it, right? Like drop new levels so people feel enticed to go back to that game because it is a good game and i think you can you can entice people that didn't show up for sackboy because they look at it and they're like oh that's not my thing and also i got miles morales to play i think you can make the argument for people later on to come back and play sackboy because again it is a good game uh uh and i think there could be something there in terms of uh, building an audience for that thing so by the time you get to the point where maybe you want to release a new sackboy you then have twice the audience or double the audience or however many people uh, that have signed on since the last game. Yeah, for sure. Another one uh, that you added here would be Returnal, which I want to know what's your pitch on Returnal at E3. Honestly, I would just maybe some additional content or some type of like challenge. Uh, again, I think it's another would be another stats flex thing. And for me, the idea of having Returnal at E3 would be very similar to like why Rush and Clank would be there because they're already existing games. They're already out there. But just to really, um, I think, like, you know, parse down or focus in on these games that are the only true, you know, no asterisk showcases of PS5 power, uh, which, again, that's their, that's their language, not mine. They discussed when they mentioned, like, hey, having games that are only on PS5, they're like, this is very intentional because it does this one specific thing, and this can only happen on PlayStation 5. So I think the more they discuss that, make it not just justified, but also exciting to people on the outside looking in, you know, I do think obviously Returnal has less star power than something like Ratchet and Clank, but I am seeing a lot of people with like the releases of games like Returnal and Ratchet and Clank sort of turn their head and go, oh man, I, I don't have this and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on it. It makes me want, you know, the console, the platform more. Obviously that has other issues with the availability, so I'm not going to pretend like all those needs can be met, but you still do want to drive that interest and sort of explain what it means to take advantage of something like the ps5 and i do think that it was um i think a game like that by its nature lends itself well to things like dlc or additional content because of like the procedural generation aspect mm. of it and how it sort of shuffles around um but yeah so i think that'd be a cool one to to kind of reignite the spark of that game which sort of came and went as most things do but i think it could get additional shelf life if you do a little bit of support for it mm-hmm yeah, bouncing off of that, I think it'd be a strong move to re reiterate those kinds of partnerships because 
they've done a good job in building the PlayStation Studios brand and making that a thing that doesn't only mean PlayStation first party. That means the partnerships. That means uh, giving our IP or, or creating new IP in conjunction with studios like Housemark. I think if PlayStation had an E3 stage coming out and being like, hey, as a reminder, we have Haven Studios with Jade Raymond. We have Firewatch Studios working on a new original multiplayer IP, and we just added Dev Studios to the mix. I think there would be a lot of power in that because we talk about uh, PlayStation first party and we talk about, yeah, we're going to get more Last of Us probably. We're going to get more Uncharted probably. We're probably going to get more Ghosts. We're going to get Spider-Man. We're going to get the games that we know and love. But reiterating that there is experimentation going on on the platform via these new smaller studios that are working on a triple A level. I think would be I think would be a, such a really cool thing to nail down the fact that you are going to continue to see different types of games like Returnal was. Returnal was a was a first part uh, or not first party was a PlayStation Studios and I guess technically first party IP AAA game that was a roguelite by Housemark. That's a fucking cool ass thing. Returnal was a dope ass game. Still my game of the year so far. Uh, wow. You know I think. Being able to come, being being able to come out off the off the success of Returnal and reiterating, hey, you know how much you loved Returnal? That's what we're doing with Haven Firewalk and Deviation would be a really cool thing. I think too, that's a good time to give some like of the classic straight to cam dev diary type things. I mean, I know sometimes people can kind of glaze over those because it's like I think the big action is still the gameplay trailers and those reveals. But I think in terms of pacing, it's always good to have like those little bit of breaks and also like. To give devs a chance to like have a stage and a platform. I mean, again, I know sometimes we can sort of gloss over that as people that are looking for the next big thing to be excited about, but those are big moments for a lot of those developers and are really meaningful. And I think that itself has value. I think sometimes we forget that that value for a company is more than just showing us more things to buy. It also comes back to how they treat their employees and their team and getting to you know, have some of those people on stage or be in that video, like those might be some of the highlights of those people's years. So, uh, you know, like, yes, it's not a big flashy gameplay trailer, but that still adds a lot of value to the brand as well. Yeah, I would, I would, I would love if PlayStation did more to put faces to the brand. I would love to sit down with like folks at Insomniac now that we're fresh off of Ratchet to talk about, yeah, dude, you know, making Ratchet we had to like do this this and this but at the end of the day we killed it and like we did it with a great work environment all that stuff i think that would be a great conversation i think you know having folks who worked on return will be able to speak to the audience in that way would be such a cool thing uh we also got new dual sense colors i think that would be a perfect yep. thing to have a shot in the, in the dark i'm like just more more stuff i mean people were where do you land on the dual sense colors that were revealed because we had that like i mean they had yeah. funny names but there was like basically red and then was it black and then there's just yeah, red and white the, one. red and black. I guess maroonish, crimson. Yeah, red are and you, black. It's like a wine red, you know. Yeah, yeah, are yeah. Satisfied with those colors, and then what colors oh, do you, would you want to see next? I think they're. I think these colors are dope as fuck. I love these colors a lot. I still need to get one. Um, I don't know what other colors I'd want. I definitely want more, but I'm not creative enough. <laughs> like these would have been the like, col- these would have been the colors I suggested if PlayStation came to me. Maybe like and a so PS1, a PS1 nod could be cool, especially like, you know, pure, or something that's like anniversary or history based, like if you did like that PlayStation 1 gray or something. Yeah. Um, I guess like a like, dark blue, a dark blue could dark be cool. Dark blue, yeah, like I'm thinking of like how to emphasize their brand. I think adding blue would be a good one too. Or um, doing customizable like, options uh, too. I was like, literally just about to say that yeah. like especially in in the world where Xbox's design labs has gone quiet for maybe forever but also you have to ask yourself did xbox go quiet on that because maybe it was uh one 
maybe not as profitable as they thought it would be or too too much of a headache. Um, whenever someone's not doing something, you have to ask, is it because it hasn't been thought of or because it's a bad idea? So I do yeah. wonder what the um, what the flow of that looked like because it seemed like such a cool idea. I know Shannon, a lot of people I gotta stop it. you and say that was a very profound thing you just said. <laughs> that was really I, good. I'm constantly <laughs> thinking of that. Like for whenever you have an idea, ask yourself, did no one else think of this or is it a little stupid? You can still do mm -hmm. it anyway, like live your life and like make your art and stuff because I'd be doing like weird content all the time. But yeah, that is that is the question to ask. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think it's still a good thing for the audience, right, to have a, a design labs type thing. I find it hard to believe that PlayStation would do it with the DualSense because the DualSense is such a precious piece of technology to them. Um, you know, Xbox, I, I think, would be more willing to do it because they're they they like giving the audience choice in that way and yes. from the audience side who knows how profitable it was from the audience side the audience loved it um and yeah i'll love i'll love 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 to have some sort of thing like that for playstation but i don't have the confidence that they'd do it anytime soon sadly uh we also got the bethesda bethesda duo uh with deathloop and ghostwire tokyo of course at a playstation presentation you got to give those trailers you got to give those trailers and i want to know more about ghostwire tokyo uh specifically a release date because yep. when the fuck am I getting that game? Uh, I also uh, had on here a long shot, mm -hmm. uh, God of War Ragnarok. Now, I still don't even know how I feel about this as a pitch, but also this is all theoretical, so it's, it doesn't affect any actual company because it's just two people talking on a podcast. So it would be God of War, a pre-rendered, simple, super vague teaser, more than a logo, but less than like anything too significant, just enough to sort of... I think I don't want to say that they lost any good faith because I don't know anyone who's suddenly like, oh, no, the game's not going to come out or the game is going to be bad. I feel like that has not been the conversation around it. But I think getting a little bit of a hint at what's to expect or just how like beautiful or over the top or exciting this is could help sort of remind people of the new or updated like timeline cadence of these things where, OK, we will get Horizon at some point soon, maybe holiday, maybe later. And God of War will be that one next thing. So I think it gives us something a little bit more concrete to look at with it that could, um, I think, get people really excited and interested and sort of, I guess, alleviate any potential weariness yeah. anyone might have given the whole, hey, you're not going to see this for a while. I think when you combine you're not going to see this for a while with you've only seen a logo, it's a little awkward. So kind of smoothing that yeah. out would be nice i mean I, I mentioned earlier right the the unicorn games and how god of war i think kind of fits as one of those i think in a world where god of war is coming out in 2022 it's about time that we see some kind of tone setter and we get an official name reveal i think that would be the big thing right yeah. you get kratos maybe doing some kind of monologue to atreus or maybe you get maybe it starts where the last god of war game ended uh, uh i guess i won't spoil it if somehow you're listening to this playstation podcast and you've not played god of war you've spayed away from spoilers but maybe you, maybe it starts off with that confrontation and then like some like one sentence said to the other like like one character says to kratos like you know, you you did this to my sibling. Uh, they they say something along those lines. And it is, Have you it thought is about like writing for Santa Monica Studio Blessing? Because I mean, like, hey, hey, Corey Barlog, Alana Pierce. I'm a very good writer. You watched the Blessing show. I write that show. <laughs> Hire me. Uh, but yeah, something along Just those lines. Just copy and paste and then, it over. No one will notice. Yeah, nobody will notice. And then you you have the cut to God of War colon Ragnarok or two or whatever the title, the official title of the game is, which is probably Ragnarok. Yes, I'll love that. Janet, you have your PC ports. Talk to me about that. Yeah, that's another one I went back and forth on because I was like wondering would they want to even talk about this on like a stage thing? Because how like, you know, and the, the PC port thing, people will have mixed feelings about it. That's just inherent with like 
being on the internet and, and the gaming community. But so my thing is maybe they would have a PC PC port mentioned, but I think if they did mention it on that stage, they would have something to sort of soften the blow for anybody who might be like, why are you talking about the PC when this is a PlayStation thing? So maybe something like if they did Bloodborne on PC, they would do a oh PS5 God. update for Bloodborne. So that way it's like, okay, we have two different things to be excited about. And if you are a Bloodborne fan, you know, hopefully by seeing the news package that way, the port is just a way of you thinking, okay, more people are going to get into the franchise. They're going to see how much people like Bloodborne and Bloodborne 2 will come out sooner or whatever. You can kind of rationalize that in your head the way you want to and make it not be a, you know, a negative thing. Because I think there are still people in the community that look at the porting as neutral to negative, which, you know, isn't a great place to be. But I think seeing like, okay, when we get PC ports, we also get some type of console treatment, sort of setting that precedent could be really cool for them. And people have been wanting a Bloodborne and PS5 update for like ages. So that'd be really cool. Yeah. Speaking of Bloodborne, I think next-gen upgrades would be dope as well, right? Give yeah. me Bloodborne or the PS5. Even if even if it's not like an official PS5 version and it is a PS5 update, just give me 60 FPS for Bloodborne. Damn it. Like, it's time. It's time. I want to play Bloodborne in silky smooth 60 FPS. I've done it with Sekiro, and Sekiro is fucking sexy as hell in 60 FPS, and I think Bloodborne would shine with that too. Um, but yeah, Bloodborne PS5 version would be the dream give maybe a uncharted 4 and lost legacy ps5 version like go go in that back catalog and find re give people reasons to revisit some of your best games on the ps4 in you know new and great ways if it is like a definitive edition with additional content or the bells and whistles that will be that um uh would shine on the ps5 i i i think that would be awesome um with that with that also, this is kind of us speaking of, uh, there's shit that we know exists that they haven't talked about that they could talk about. Shit like The Last of Us remake and The Last of Us Part 2 PS5 version. We know you're working on it. We know it's gonna, uh, we're, we're going to get that someday. The jig is up. Just reveal it. Just give us a logo. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I think that would fit well in a PlayStation conference too. And again, like, and this kind of comes back to the idea of um, organizing a conference and having those big pop moments. A God of War Ragnarok teaser, uh, some kind of additional reveal for that would be a pop. Um, yep. uh, Bloodborne PS5 would be a pop. Last of Us Remake plus Last of Us Part 2. Now that we know it exists already, if you show it to us in a way that makes us go, oh shit, all right, this does look good. You know, I think that would be a pop. Um, and so that's and what I want. And also, would be like, sign up now for the beta. Like that would... Oh, they're not going to do feel that. Like we Please, get, we, we get a lot pride. of those. That is like literally like how all of those end up going. That or like it's ready now. Like that'd be the the two angles that would conjure up any level of excitement. I think yeah. for that specifically. Um, and yeah, they that's have been, to talk about it soon. They have. To I've talk been about wanting factions. that for so long because I got to got into Last of Us really late. Like I played Last of Us one for the first time all the way through, um, like a month or two before Last of Us two came out, and I never played factions you know i never even actually got to the last of us dlc like i still have not mm -hmm. played that dlc and i've been wanting to so i really want this i feel like i need this to really understand all the layers of the ways last of us can hit so yeah hopefully it's they, i mean they have to at some point right maybe it's not real maybe we just imagined it <laughs> maybe maybe that day was just like a shared fever dream that like who said had. that no we never said that what are you talking about i'm being gaslit by sony right now oh my god exactly yeah uh, factions i find it weird that and maybe it's not weird i don't know factions was talked about so long ago at this point like they 
they came out and said that hey we are working on a last was like factions multiplayer thing some kind of thing that that reflects that because they wanted to calm people down during that that lead up to last is part two because factions had such a dedicated fan base to it you know i'm including that factions is such a good time i loved factions um i feel like unless unless the the development on it is just taking way longer than they expected maybe it was a thing of get last part two out the door and we'll get to factions when we get to it maybe that pushed it up maybe it was quarantine that pushed it up um but i i want to see something on it i want to see them talk about it. i want to see them at least reveal it in some sort of official way because we know it exists and we're looking forward to it and so i think that would be a great fit for a playstation conference lastly to round it all out, and of course, this all this also isn't in order. We didn't have time to like really craft out a how you'd present this thing kind of order, and so I don't think if I was PlayStation, I was doing a conference, this wouldn't be my one more thing. But a thing that they need to talk about, I think, is VR. They showed off. We should have uh, made. We should have made a fake conference, like got on should've. stage and like put the PlayStation Shadow people up front and stuff. If we made the background an actual like stage as opposed to the yeah. traditional PlayStation, I'm just PS, like I here it's it. Santa Monica Studios. We. I don't know. I'm not sure what Cart Corbuck would say, but you know, something like that. We have Actually, those side this angles idea. and everything. I really like this idea. I need you to hold that idea. In fact, okay. you are dressed up for it. I want you to know. Uh, we can make this happen. Yeah, All right. I'm going to circle back it. around we with you. We got the blazer for it. You got yeah, the blazer. We, can do this. we got Roger. We got Roger McCorney, who knows how to, how to edit shit. Yes. And so I need you to. If you I can need be inside dreams, in I feel like we can be the PlayStation presentation. This is such a good idea. Uh, but to round things out, I do want to, yeah, we talked, I want to talk about VR because VR, they've shown off uh, some of what they're working on for VR. It seems like it's going to be coming out sometime soon. And when I say soon, I mean like in the next couple of years, not soon as in tomorrow. Um, and I think it'd be great to have them reinforce some of the, some of what that looks like, inspire hope for PlayStation VR. You know, I, PlayStation VR, I think in the grand scheme, didn't have like a giant audience but for what vr is at a space playstation vr did have a pretty big vr audience <laughs> comparatively uh and i think they had a pretty good vr library as well and so to come out and be like hey psvr 2 is happening you're gonna see it in 2022 and here are some here's some of the big games you can look forward to from playstation vr 2 and maybe it is a montage maybe it is a deep dive into a couple of things that they're working on uh internally or first party with playstation studios i think that could be a really cool thing I think too, like something that would have like this probably would have been one again too much for one conference, and I don't know how, you know, what the timeline of PSVR two is like right now. But it'd be cool. I, I really want to see some presentation level stuff in terms of demos, like you know what is the PSVR setup, and then what is setting up PS you know VR two look like. That's something a lot of people complained about. Do a side by side of some graphics comparisons, like talk about the controller the new controller design the ergonomics there and what went into like i want mm -hmm. kind of like almost at the level of which i feel like this kind of came and went also remember when i think it was microsoft that did that weird like ar thing with like minecraft and everything yeah, like, i want something yes i want something like at that level but with the psvr angle to really get people excited about it um and i'm just i'm just so hyped that they're still doing it i mean i know like some people are really cold on vr but i think it is a really interesting niche and i feel like it adds some distinct flavor to playstation again we're talking about like brand identity and how xbox has their ethos very much established and playstation has things that they're very strong at like 
amazing first party stuff definitely an appreciation of indies that they back up some interesting things with ps plus but i think vr could really end up being an, an interesting identifier that they seem like really committed to making super strong and i mean we saw stuff like astrobot rescue mission alone is worth psvr like that is oh, one of yeah. the best platformers i've played Dude, in a long I, time like, astrobot rescue mission moss beat saber trover saves the universe blood and truth playstation vr had such a fucking strong library and i wanted to see it flourish because i think there's actually really fun fun stuff there um i think the question is will it continue to flourish in the same way because i feel like it's been a minute since we've gotten a vr game that's like a oh fuck yeah you gotta show up to this like we got Iron Man VR last year, but I felt like that was fine. I know Greg Miller liked it. It wasn't, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't as good as Moss or yeah. again, Beat Saber, all the games I mentioned before. And then you also got Walking Dead Saints and Sinners that came out uh, last year as well, which people did have a lot of good things to say about, but I think you need a little bit more than that. Um, and PSVR, PSVR in the last, I guess, year or so, I don't, hasn't had as much support as some of those earlier years. And PSVR 2 might be the time where they come back and they are like, cool the the uh all the games you loved from psvr we're we're coming back we're having that same cadence you're gonna get some vr masterpieces you're gonna get some dope ass games you're gonna get another astrobot rescue mission you're gonna get the games that you love um i really hope psvr 2 ends up being that because it's a really cool device to have it's a really cool ecosystem yeah i'm really excited about it and i'm hoping to see a lot of support like via ps plus when that first comes out like i'm trying to see like i want a vr game like every month yeah oh my god that'd be amazing janet that's been our PlayStation E3 2021 press conference as put together by Janet and Blessing. Five out of ten. Games. Show some games, bro. Damn it. Damn it. We were almost there. <laughs> we were almost there. So I wanted this to end with this one. We never got it. Sleep emote. Janet, how do you feel? Sleep emote. How do you feel about the. And Bear, I want to know from you too. How do you feel about the PlayStation E3 press conference we just put together? Was it hype? Did you have a good time? Was it. Did we win E3? Oh, one is strong. Oh, man. Oh, geez. I'm like looking back now, even though it's funny because I, I helped to make it. So I guess it's my my own. I made my own failings. But oh, one is strong when you compare it to this is so silly too because we're comparing a theoretical conference to a real one. Mm -hmm. When you compare it to Xbox. Oh, man. I think that Bloodborne thing really helped if we have that. Yeah. Bloodborne oh, my God. Upgrade. Yeah. Bloodborne for the PS5 was definitely a crowd pleaser. <laughs> People went crazy for yeah. that when Twitter was going off and the chain. Okay. I think if factions, the Bloodborne thing, and the God of War tease was in there, that it would be a pretty solid argument for beating Xbox's real conference. Um, don't, but, for, don't forget, yeah, don't forget PS Plus and PS Now. You know, restating the vision and lumping them together. Mm. That was oh, yeah. Well, it depends on Nobody how you saw it coming. If you lump yeah. it, if you lump it together, that's a big deal. <laughs> like I had on my, I had on my bingo card for Xbox. This is real Xbox, not theoretical in our mind Xbox. Um, like live just being free, which I I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I'm like, wouldn't it be crazy? I feel like the PS the PS Plus now, PS Plus Plus, yeah, announced at E3. Who can forget the E3 where they announced PS Plus Plus? You can't. It's not possible. So, yes, yeah. we did great. We won. Um, hire us also, or at least offer a job that we can leverage for more money at where we currently are. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. No, like, it, offer me, uh, offer me like, uh, uh, 40K more than what Greg Miller pays me, and so I can take it back to him and be like, hey, bro. Only got one way to keep me here. <laughs> got to pay me sixty k more. <laughs> I think this would be a solid conference, honestly. Like again, there like people would complain because there's nothing like majorly new announced. I think your one more thing would either mm. be Last of Us Factions, like confirming that that mm. is like 
it is coming out soon or, or uh, uh, revealing God of War Ragnarok uh, gameplay footage. I think that would be your last uh, one last thing because I think PlayStation where they're at right now, it's like we kind of know for things that they're, we're ready to see and things they're ready to talk about for the next couple of years, we pretty much know their lineup. And so like a mm-hmm. big like crazy, oh, fuck, Keanu Reeves is walking on stage who could have predicted this kind of thing. I don't think like that would have been this year if they showed up at uh, E3 and people like saying like, oh, PlayStation needed to be at E3 to save E3 this year. It's like if they were there this year, like I don't think they would have saved E3. I think it would be a lot of the same conversations that people have been having about Xbox of like, yeah, it was fun stuff. We got to see some stuff that we may not have seen if E3 wasn't put together this year and stuff like that. But nothing that was like holy shit, you're blowing my mind. Uh, my, my brain is about to explode with all of this hype that we could not have predicted. I think it would have been mm-hmm. like, you know, like a, a, a solid like seven, eight out of 10 kind of conference and it would we would have moved on. But what if we had an orchestra? What if we had an orchestra? If we had an orchestra, it would have been, it would have been hype and, and, and okay. stuff like that. But uh, cool. yeah, I just, I, I, I don't uh, kind of wrapping up like my my thoughts on what you guys have been talking about as a whole i just i I don't think playstation needed to be here this year Uh, Mm -hmm. let them kind of talk about things when they're ready to talk about them and that's just kind of my feeling is e3 as a whole right now is like and we've seen it time and time again the last few days blessing of like i think e3 creates this idea in uh developers minds of like oh it's e3 we need to we need to be there for something even if we have absolutely nothing to fucking show uh and Mm. and oh yeah that like that was capcom koch and gearbox yeah. That Remember that one really bad Nintendo year? That was brutal. They yeah. were literally like, we have nothing because we're working on other stuff. Yeah. And, and, then, so like, and then we just sat there and looked at each other for 30 minutes. And so, like, I, I think it's just like, I, I think the concept of E3 of, like, having it all in this week is, like, a fun idea. We all get hyped for very specific things and stuff like that. I just... I, I I don't know if like this kind of thing is is really needed. Maybe like not never. I mean, but like I don't know I, if it's needed every year. Is is my thing. I don't know if uh, it, it just. I feel you. Sometimes feel it feels you. a little forced and, and and stuff like that. So maybe maybe we do E three every two years. You know what I'm saying? Blessing. But then give but us then a summer off. Is weird... what I'm saying. <laughs> but you can't just like. Hold I like it. I like treating. I like treating E three like the Olympics. Yeah, you can't. That would be cool, but you can't. Hold, or it should be like the World Cup every four years. Like just. Um, I mean, both of those are every four years. Except you can't for the just hold last like time. your dope stuff though. Like it would be it would be cool in a Summer world where E3 you could somehow make all of God of War, Ragnarok, or God of War Zabumafu, whatever the title actually ends up being, and make all of her and Zero Dawn and save them and be like, oh, come, you know, when the when the Olympics of gaming shows up, everyone you know rolls out and it's amazing. But like that's just not how like that dev cycle or like the cycle of like having to sell stuff to keep your company existing and thriving works so i think you do kind of need e3 to be every year because you can't like what you're what if you have a really good year like it, it, it wouldn't strengthen e3 i think it would just make more jarring gaps like it's like oh well, this year was really weak but last year they had breath of the wild so like it's okay mm-hmm. like it end up with this weird in between and i think even if you kill e3 a new e3 will just rise it's like when um if you kill E3, you'll get, you'll get what we got last year, too. When Reese stopped Everything being the bully out. and Malcolm in the Middle, spoilers for Malcolm in the Middle if you still haven't watched that show, <laughs> great show, on Hulu. Um, when Reese stopped being the bully, a bunch of new bullies just arose. And yeah. it wasn't as good as when Reese like was taking care of things. Yeah, so, like, you can kill E3, but then we'll have some <laughs> of ga- you know, gaming, Game Fest, whatever, anyone else. Does. I'm sure y'all would probably also do something, no shade, but, like, it's like, you I... don't want to fill that gap. So, like, it's... You cannot kill E3 because the spirit of E3 would just leave and go inside of another presenter. E3, yeah. the necessary think, evil that, uh, you know, tires us all. 
I think there's also a, a range of value for E3 because like for the the future showcases and for the PC gamer show and for pretty much like most of the shows we had this week, most of the stuff we probably wouldn't have reacted to or watched if it wasn't part yeah. of E3. Like I wouldn't know about half the games we saw this weekend if there if there wasn't an E3. Those things would have been announced on Twitter or announced uh in a in some other venue and i and I, I feel like so many people would have missed out on so much of that stuff and that is kind of the power of e3 that comes to the question of how much does that matter for an xbox or nintendo or playstation probably not as much because people are going to tune into those anyway and so i think that's where it comes back to your argument barrett um which i think is a salient one um but i, I and I, I do think it comes back to again like what do you have to show and uh uh what does what does showing at e3 do for you i think for xbox it allows them to kind of be the talk of the town you know amongst the week of big news they are the biggest news and we'll see what nintendo does tomorrow but that could also work for nintendo as well where in a week of big news nintendo comes out and they announce uh mario odyssey plus galaxy 2 that's right you're you're exploring the world but then also you go out of space and explore you know they come out and they announce some big thing and they also become the talk of the town um i think i think there's pluses and minuses to it but it is all about what you have to show and we've seen both cases of folks that don't have any shit to show and they do e3 just because they can because it's digital and then folks who do have things to show and they end up killing it or do have things to show and they don't show them well um it's it's all ifs you know it's all ifs janet thank you once again for joining me on this episode of ps i love you xoxo uh chat comments let us know if we won e3 janet before we go where can people find your work you can find my work on patreon.com slash game on assist just a regular slash um and also just uh i'd say follow me on twitter uh at game on assist and same thing with twitch youtube like i'm on all platforms under the handle game on assist but yeah still doing twitch streaming still jumping on here jumping on min max doing a bunch of stuff uh yeah it's the same old but with new games new news so yeah we'll keep it moving hell yeah uh remember this has been ps i love you xoxo your playstation podcast each and every week we get together to talk about the hottest topics in playstation we've got a patreon post show actually that's a lie we don't have a patreon post show i'm just reading from a, from a script right now uh of course this is your playstation podcast so thanks for listening everybody till next time peace out <laughs>